The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the front room. They have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fifth, but they had faith in you. And you. You are now locked in. Latest edition of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Presented by RotoFanatic.com. Go to RotoFanatic.com and keep up to date on closers, injuries, and the coming schedule each week at RotoFanatic.com. It's episode 111. Deary and Govier have a treat in store for you. Today's guest is somebody who has massive knowledge when it comes to relief pitching. Some people call him a guru. Other people think he's just a nice fella who happens to know a thing or two about baseball. Whatever you call him, all we know is it's a thrill to have him here on today's edition of the Palazzo Podcast. Time to raise the roof for our main man, Greg Jewett. Join your host, Christopher Deary and Michael Govier, as they talk with Greg about bullpens, of course. We'll play a game of bullpen bingo. We'll get into Enrico's Inquisition, play another edition of that classic game, name that runner-up fab bid, and a whole lot of other fun stuff. You listen to the show because you want to have a good time, be informed, and hang out with your buddies for a little while. If we can do one of those three things each episode, then that's a win for us. Take it away, boys! are live with the Plazo Podcast. I'm Michael Govier. You are talking with people who know something about baseball. We don't know everything, but we're going to try to cover as much as we can today. It's the second half, technically, even though it doesn't start till tomorrow. You may be listening to this on Thursday or even a Friday. It's Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time. We have a special guest. Deary is here. The basement's been restored for a while. He's gotten back to his regular life. Uh, mosquitoes are biting like a son of a bitch, but otherwise, 
not too shabby, right, Gary? Yeah, we're looking pretty good here. Um, back into the basement. Everything is restored. Smelling good down here. We got the washer guy that came out today that fixed everything. We're ready to roll, man. Been real weird the last 24 hours. My wife texted me this afternoon. She goes, are you having a problem signing into Yahoo? Because I can't set my lineups. I'm like, we had another day off. Don't worry about it, babe. Yeah. No rush. It's Wednesday. They got one more buffer day and they start up. There's only one game tomorrow, too. It's the yeah. Red Sox and the Yankees on Thursday. So really got till Friday outside of that. But we're going to talk about the big debut in that game a little bit later in our catch of the day. We're going to cover bullpens with today's guest and other baseball topics. Of course, name that runner on Fab Bid. We'll continue to play that game. But if you don't know who he is, he's a human being. Covers fantasy baseball, specifically bullpens, but he also plays in tout. He has a lot of experience. I listened to his show a couple of different shows, in fact. He's been on many different podcasts with many different people. I listened to your episode with Cork Stats back in February, so I can talk about some of the things that this guy right here, Greg Jewett, said on that show back in February. Did it hold up or not? We're going to find out. Greg, welcome to the show. It's the Plotso Podcast. Are you ready for this cathedral of goofiness? Absolutely. You sure? <laughs> Depending on what I said in February, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this. You said absolutely avoid the Kansas City Royals bullpen. So that was a wise choice. I, I think that was a very, very – that comment holds up without a doubt. Yeah, well, that, I owe that to Mike Matheny. He's just a pain in the ass with bullpen. <laughs> you said a lot of great stuff. We're going to talk about bullpens. Greg, that's what he does. Greg can be found doing various things for Fantasy Alarm, right, and The Athletic. <laughs> And, of course, your own Substack. You have your own personal Substack, which is a very, very huge, important milestone. I don't have a Substack. Deary doesn't have one. And only people who put together quality work that people have genuinely uplifted beyond your own touting get that type of get that type of experience. You know, get to that ladder, that step. So I'm, I'm a big fan, a big fan. Respect to you. Shout out to you. Let's give him a shout out in real life. He's here right now. Look at that. We shouted him out in person. I think it was our first ever in-person shout out. So anyway, three cheers for that. That's enough of that. But we're really glad to have you aboard, man, because bullpens have been a mystery for a lot of us this year. And as we start the second half, I thought it would be a great way to kind of dig into this final chapter of the 2021 season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be uh, very interesting coming down the stretch. The trade deadline is going to have a lot of ripple effects. That's you know, everyone's like, oh, who's going to get the saves on this team? I don't know who's going to get traded yet. If I was privy to all those things, then life would be really easy and I'd be parked out in Vegas making a lot of money every night. But um, <laughs> until those things come through, it's just a matter of uh, doing our best. And I, like most of us, I mean, FOB is running so dry. You're going to have to be really smart or just start putting a couple of dollar or two dollar bids out a week or two ahead and hope you hit the hit the jackpot, which is uh, we'll we'll touch on a couple of those as the as the show progresses. I'm sure. Do you expect the trade deadline to be a busy one for relievers? Just yeah. even though you can't predict the future. I do. Okay. Well, we'll talk more about I mean, that later on the show. Every every contender needs it. Yeah, right. It's it's something that's always permanently needed. It's like uh, food. Every day, people need to eat, right? So restaurants will always be in demand. Some go out of business, but there'll always be another one to pop up because we're hungry. And it's the per- it's the perfect like situation because you have a lot of bottom feeders that have some guys that are doing really well this year, and then you look at some of those middle of the road teams that we'll talk about later. That are they buying or selling? But they have some pieces where they could sell and rebuild real quick. And that's why the uh, the article that published today on the Athletic, I focused on a lot of those teams in the middle 
and what their schedule is going up until the trade deadline. Cause I think that's huge. Like it, the Yankee fan base, they got eight of their next 10 games against Boston. So, you know, it, it, it could go sideways fast. I mean, they're talking about buying Joey Gallo, but if they, they, if they lose six of eight, like they've been losing this season to the Red Sox, do you really see them making a big splash at the deadline? I mean, that's, it's really, really, really going to be interesting and in, in who these teams play. Some teams might pretend themselves into thinking they're going to be a contender. Uh, there's a couple of soft schedules out there. I'm really curious what the Angels are going to do, but let's let's get through everything as I know we always are up against the time. Well, Doctor, it's going to be a doozy. And speaking of doozies, this is going to be a great show. I'm excited about it. I'm Michael Govier at MJ Govier. G-O-V is a Victor I-E-R on Twitter at... Christopher Deary, C. Deary, 1999, C. Deary, 1999. Dearly beloved, it's an easy thing for you to remember. And, of course, Greg, Greg Jewett. It's Jewett, right? Yes, if, uh, it's but funny Jewett. side story because I said my son plays hockey. He His first time he played up in Canada, we had a game in Ottawa, and they pronounced it Jewett, and he was like <laughs> – <laughs> looking up at the thing like who the hell's that guy but yes yeah, it's uh, french canadian so yeah, that's not cool i respect you and i would never disrespect your last name so i want to get it right oh, i want to get it absolutely right yes do it beautiful name and you can follow greg on twitter at g do it nine the number nine g do it nine g do it nine lock it in follow him Follow the Substack. I signed up today. It was really simple. I, I actually did. I just typed in my email, and then you can go from there. And I think it costs money sometimes. Isn't that true? Right? I, I don't you, want to. You miss can it. you can make it paid. Um, I've been doing all my articles this season for free. Um, Ooh, that's a good way to spread the word. <laughs> it is. No, like it doesn't help you, but I mean, it's you know, good well, way to get I, yourself out there. I, I did it last year. Um, but I was doing it on like a Google doc and I was trying to type in all of the addresses every time I sent it out. And then <laughs> I found that this was a much easier way where people can just click a button, like you said. And then uh, when I, when I type one up, probably I would say one will land on Friday or Saturday, then it goes right into your mailbox. And then it's up to you if you want to read it. Beautiful. Well, we're excited to talk bullpens today. We're going to do it all on the Palazzo podcast. Remember two L's, two Z's. Well, that is the wrong button. God damn it. Sorry about that, Greg. I told you talk. Give me two. There's Gary Busey. I knew he was hiding somewhere. Um, I added a bunch of new sounds today, dearie. I got a whole like I'm excited I haven't for had it. a chance. I haven't had a chance to upload them all. I got uh you know, I got tombstone drops. I got uh some more drops from the league, which are always Good. fun. It was time uh, to make a switch here. I think we've done it once during the first half of the season, mid-season. Let's get some new drops in there. We'll keep the two L's, two Z's, but let's get some more fun stuff in there. Love it, Michael. You know, I feel like I haven't given you guys the best shows, and I feel like we can do better. And I'm not trying to look for pity here. I want to be honest. I just want to be pure and true. I keep it real, and that's one of the things. It's one of the strengths of this show is that we tell you the truth. We don't lie to you. And I feel like we can take it to another level. So I'm going to step it up in the second half. Deary is. I know Greg is always at it. You know, he's at a 10 all the time. So you don't need Greg to take it up a notch any farther. Right, Greg? Yeah. No, well, that's too kind. But my poor girlfriend, even today, this is supposed to be one of my three days off. I remember I said in February, I'm like, don't worry, things will lighten up. And she's like, things have gotten <laughs> in worse. In February, they're lightening up. Yeah. <laughs> About a nine on the tension scale, Rube. Well, Greg, I actually thought today, too, I'm like, why are we doing the show today? Like, we could have took the day off. We should have took one full day off of no baseball. But, we're, you know, it's not what we made a deal, and we scheduled it, and we stuck to it. So that's why we're here. And we want to do the show. I love doing the show. It's a lot of fun. 
But I think we could do better. We're going to continue to grow. And if you guys want stuff from us, please tell us. Tell me. Tell Deary. Tell Greg. And then Greg will send it to me. He'll forward it ahead. He's, he's a cool dude. I'm sure you would do that. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Two L's, two Z's. Real easy to remember. Don't forget Utah. that. And Give me two. the show is brought to you by RotoFanatic.com. Greg, have you ever been to RotoFanatic.com? I have not. I'm not going to lie to you. Don't lie. That's very, very commendable. A lot of people haven't, but... The good news is you can check it out because we got the data monster. The data monster is here to help you. He's a really sweet little guy. And he's got his own theme song. A lot of fun. He also has tons of data. He can help you win. Show you which pitchers are good, which pitchers stink, which hitters favor certain counts. What's their wobble like for those counts? A lot of, yeah, my pet monster. I mean, Greg, how, uh, how old are you, Greg? I am 51. Okay. Well, I assume you probably didn't grow up on My Pet Monster. Uh, you would probably... Hmm. No, that was back at the, the grassroots of everything. Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. There you go. I love Mr. Rogers. Captain Fungaroo. It was all of the... And then Saturday morning cartoons, you know, old school with the, the Looney school. Tunes and all that stuff. Hong Kong Fooey, all, all that mess, yeah. Log... Foghorn Leghorn, I'll say what, I'll say, I'll say. (laughs) My dad loved him, yep. I actually downloaded some Foghorn Leghorn today too, dearie. I'm not even kidding, but I don't have it ready. That would have been a really good time to have it. Shit, see? Sometimes things What did you do today, Mike? I downloaded some drops. Good work. You wouldn't wouldn't believe how long it takes to not only download the drops, but then edit them properly because they don't always come in the package you want them to. You're trying to find the snippet of a clip. And then you got to break it down and cut it up. And next thing you know, two hours, poof, just fly by. So people say, oh, what's so hard about video editing or audio editing? It's time consuming. It really is. And I respect mm-hmm. people who do that for a living every day because it does take a lot of time. And you don't, it's not something you can always multitask. You can't be like, well, uh, you know, I'm over here having a conversation with my wife and I'm, and I'm doing all this editing. It's just very difficult to do that. So commendable. Keep it up, editors. You're doing great work out there. All right, let's get into business time here so we can cover all that and move on with it. Uh, Greg, what is your best way for people to contact you? Is it truly Twitter or is there an easier way? Yeah, the I'm, I try and be responsive to anybody that sends anything on Twitter. I don't care if it's a follower or not. I'm not one of these uh, elitists that needs you to be following me to give you an answer. So uh, people send me stuff all the time. And then I do have people that do, they'll send the DMs and I just accept it and answer the question. I don't care. Okay. Again. So it's me, Michael. You can slide into my DMs. It doesn't matter. Hey! Damn! That sounds good. You remember when that movie came out Friday? That was 95. <laughs> yes. You were, so you were probably in your early 20s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was all that stuff. I share all those older movies with my son. It's been part of the uh, growth process there. So uh, who's this it? Brockness. Uh, we we always joke about Super Troopers. My son knows that movie inside out and back. We love Super Troopers here, yeah. of course. Yeah. Classic. I don't want a large farm. I want a goddamn liter of cola. Uh, Deary wants to be a father very much. Uh, this is a secret. It's not really a secret. Oh, it's not a secret. It's it's out there. <laughs> yes. So I don't know. I think one of the things I've misjudged about why you want to be a father, Deary, is you want to introduce all this cool stuff to your children. <laughs> Absolutely. Movies, music, pop culture, my friends, my podcast. I just want to hold a baby on this podcast and be like, look at this thing. I created it. 
You don't hear that every day, folks. That's a new one for sure. But I'll give you full credit, full marks. Uh, Greg, you have one child, you said, or do you have more? Yes, just my son. Just a son. Cool. Well, shout out to Greg's son out there. I hope you're having a great day. And uh, as we do the business time section of the show, second half is here. We're taking it up a notch. We're moving forward. Don't forget, rotofanatic.com. Check out the website. Of course, Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Sub our YouTube channel. Sub, 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 sub. If you're watching this or hearing this, please sub the YouTube channel. Pretty, pretty, please. It would be something we think would help the show. Frankly, we think we do a pretty damn good job here. We entertain, we inform, we give you everything you want. What else do you want from us? Do you want me to run down the street naked in the middle of the afternoon? Because I won't do that. But if there's something else that we could give you that's reasonable, please let us know right here. I also want to say this is last call, dearie, for the Palazzo Podcast Invitational Trophy. This is the last week we're taking final exceptions. After that, bids close on Sunday night, Monday morning. It's the end of an era, and we got to make this trophy official. So last call, guys. If you have an idea for the trophy, please send it in. Plausible Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Yeah, I don't think it should be the two guys that are near the bottom tier of the Plaza Podcast Invitational that are making the trophy. We want, we want, hey, if you're in the top third of this league and you have a chance to win it, give us some ideas of what you want at the top of that peak of the trophy, and yes. we'll make it happen. Thank you. Uh, Greg, do you have an idea for a trophy? Two minutes. Let me marinate on that. I'll think about that one. Oh, okay. I like that. Not an instant response. He's really going to take his time with it. We're trying to make it cool. Something related to fantasy baseball or something to do with anything related to our show. So I don't know what that'll be, but it's going to be a great trophy. And I think it's going to go to Richard Sands. Barring any last-minute changes here, the standings are... I mean, Richard's dominating the Plaza overall and i don't see anybody beating him but you know there's a second half to play out here one thing i do know for sure dearie is it will not be you or me winning this thing no no chance no chance i'm in the toilet bowl me and steve paulo fighting for uh (laughs) bottom five spots here i've actually moved up a little bit i'm 13th in our home league of the podcast i think i'm up to like maybe 52nd overall it's not been a good showing I've, i've been in the bottom tier since week one no oh, shit, that's fantastic. All right, I mean that you moved up, not the other part. Oh yeah, I uh, mean all my other leagues doing doing okay. I'm competitive. Rasball, I'm doing great. NFBC, I'm hanging around middle of the pack. But uh, yeah, our own invitational, I feel like an absolute goof right now as an analyst being that far down. Well, don't let that happen. Here, our buddy Guilds is here. Guilds is a big time, big money player on NFBC. He says Mike, doing a great job. Keep it up. Thanks, Guilds. We appreciate that. We appreciate you. Everybody who followed us on the Twitter handle at Palazzo Podcast, 2Ls, 2Zs, thank you so much for following Utah. us. Uh, there's too many to name right now. We've been on a tear. Uh, two other things I want to mention real quick, and then we'll move on to baseball, Greg, I promise. I was on Al Melchior's show, the You, Me, and an Album. I mentioned it last week. I just want to mention it one more time. Check it out. Al's a great dude. You, Me, and an Album is a great podcast. It's a lot of fun. It's interesting. It'll expose you to new music or it could be an album that you love incredibly. So you'll just be like, oh, God, I want to hear about this hours and hours of entertainment. And I did a follow-up last Sunday's episode. He let me do the last nine minutes of the show to say farewell to the death of uh, Brian St. Pair, drummer for Hum. You ever hear the band Hum in the 90s, Greg? I mean, you were of age. Does that ring a bell at all? It does not. Hmm. It was a, they had a, their biggest mainstream single was Stars. It was like in 95. And uh, it was a heavy <laughs> rock band. 90s, like... 
space rock slash kind of like heavy ish. Okay. Um, no, I do know they were. I love them. I've seen them a million times. And their drummer died about two weeks ago. So Al let me say some really kind words because he was an inspiration to me as a drummer and as a band. Home is just a very unique thing in my experience as a music listener. So it's thank awesome, you, Al, man. for letting me do that. That's awesome. I love Al. He's one of the nicest, most genuine people in this. He used Hell to, yeah. I've worked with him at, at FanRag, and then now we're – and we used to do the bullpen reports for FanGraphs. And now we're reunited again because he's also hired by the athletics. So it's it's always good to be uh, associated with Al. Like I said, I, him and I went to – he took me around Tout years, a couple years ago, um, him and Nando, and, uh, you know, riding the subway with, with Al and talking and, and things like that. It just, you know, you just – you pick up as much information as you can from somebody that's smart. That is gorgeous. Yes. Love Al Melchior. If you're not following Al – Get a clue. Get the net. Please follow the show. You mean an album. He's going to have a new episode out this week. Be about the new pornographers. Deary, do you ever like the new pornographers? Because I never was a big fan. Never really picked up an album. Songs here and there in Spotify. Couldn't really get into it. But I, I love what Al's doing because most of the stuff that he's putting out is actually stuff that I either haven't heard of or never got into, which is really, really cool. So I really get excited every time he puts out a new episode. Yes, and the best thing about L And reason will prevail. Reason, reason will, will prevail! prevail. He's a very reasonable guy all the time. Plus, he's funny, and he's kind. He really is everything you'd want a person to be, except he's not, you know, he's not the sexiest guy ever, but who is? I'm not, so, I mean, but he's still a great guy, so I don't think that should be any negative points for him at all. Uh, so please check out You, Me, and an Album. And then, lastly, Brian Seymour has a new show. It debuted today. Today. And it's called What This Song Means to Me. Right? Did I get that right, Deary? Yeah, Means to Me Pod. Uh, I, recorded means to on me Mo- pod. I recorded on Monday with Brian. Oh, so you did it. It's in the can. Yeah, I did it. It's in the can. It was, uh, it was so exciting to do. I can't wait for it to drop. And I'm excited to see. I just got little snippets of, you know, a couple different episodes, including your, your own, Mike. And I'm so excited to listen to these as he's dropping them weekly. Yeah, we're really excited about this, Greg. Uh, do you know you know Brian at all? Brian Seymour? He's a uh, he was doing the Rotor Ranger. I've never met Brian, but I'm aware of his work. Okay, cool. Well, he's a great guy. He's also an excellent radio. Beautiful voice he has. Hi, I'm Brian. Hey, I'm Brian Seymour. I don't know how he. Talks You're not even close, man. It's just this deep bellowing, like yeah. welcoming voice at the same time that you don't <laughs> get from a voice that is like Brian's. But it was incredible. And it was so cool. He just like dropped his mic and he's like, "All right, Chris, talk." I just talked for like 40 minutes. It was incredible. That's what I want. That's why I love this show, too. So you got great music pods kind of coming out of the realm of fantasy baseball, but it's not about fantasy baseball, but they are fantasy baseball people. So please check it out. I really put a lot into my episode with Brian. Means to me pod. Follow it. Find it on your podcast platform. Sub it, follow, and listen. And give us feedback because I'd like to know what you guys think. I'm really excited about it. Okay. No more excitement. Let's get chilled out here. Talk about baseball. Boring ass. Second half, 2021. I mean, what can we expect, really? We had a great showing at good old Coors. And there was a lot of fun there, man. Laddie was the MVP. That was wonderful. I didn't watch a goddamn second of it. I didn't watch any of the Derby. I didn't see the All-Star game. I really did take a chance to, like, chill, do some other things. I love baseball. I love it. But, Greg, I had to take a break. Uh, Were you uh, locked into any of that stuff? 
No, I, I missed the Derby as well. I saw, you know, snippets coming across Twitter if I, if I opened it up a little bit, but, um, and, and last night I had the game on, but it was just kind of in the background. It wasn't like I was engrossed, uh, into it. So yeah, I, again, it, and, and like tomorrow morning, I'm going to, uh, appease my girlfriend. We're going for a nice hike out to see some waterfalls and all that stuff. Cause this this will be like the last morning. I'm not waking up and crunching numbers for the closer chart at 6 a.m. So yeah, right. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, hey, if you're gonna go on a hike, you should. I mean, that's one place to go. That's just one place you can go, though. There's a lot. You're on the East Coast, though. Rocky Mountains are pretty far away. Coors. But everybody had a great time at Coors, Deary. Did you watch a second of that crap or what? I watched the whole home run derby. It's been a tradition for my wife and I for years now. Uh, oh, weird. I was, you guys. Yeah, it's 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 weird. We get into it. Uh, I was pulling for Trey Mancini from the opening round. It got real weird. I saw a lot of people posting on Twitter. Twitter, they're upset in the first round because Trey Mancini got like an extra pitch after the clock had already ended. And you know these gamblers out here that are oh. degenerates lost mm-hmm. a bunch of money because he got that extra home run to take care of the title in the first round. Made it all the way to the finals. But Pete Alonso, Alonso was an absolute beast at 35 in the opening round. I, I, I get enjoyment out of watching the Derby. Uh, checked in for the opening couple innings of the All-Star game last night. Kind of, you know, checked out after that. I had some things going on around the house. I tell you what, though, those jerseys were absolutely hideous last night. I felt like they got in Doc Brown's time machine, went back to 1998 because they were hideous uniforms. So fetch. <laughs> well, it wasn't fetch at all. Yeah, I think everybody panned them, right, Greg? Yeah, those those things look like something you see uh, one of those like goofy softball teams wear at a tournament. It's like nothing. <laughs> yeah, the American League <laughs> had these weird like all blue looking. Yeah, American League had these weird all blue jerseys. Totally look like to Greg's point. Totally look like just softball tournament jerseys. Like mm-hmm. just go with your your home in a way team jerseys. It's easy easily recognizable with the players. But uh, I don't know. What, what about the going. softball tournament? The softball celebrity game though. Speaking of softball, <laughs> anybody? I checked in for a second. I didn't know any of the people, and I turned it off. <laughs> the only thing that you know, I mean, you gotta watch Jenny Finch throw a couple pitches. Oh, she was there. Come on, dear. Yeah, you know she, Jenny yeah she's, she's yeah, she's always there. She's got to strike out some celebrity that's never swung a bat in their life. But uh, I didn't know any of these people. Apparently, they're all like uh, Twitter and YouTube celebrities, like influencers. So oh, I, influencers? Just, I didn't have many ideas. Yeah. Many ideas on who these people. We're going to be in the game in 2026, dude. Hopefully, yeah, because I love yeah. softball. Now, Deary, Greg, whether you know about Deary or you should know. He hates softball, and he's just not very good. You're a lousy fucking softball player. It's just the truth. I don't. I don't know why. It, he loves baseball. He's more of a purist. He's a hardball guy. Throw anyway. me a 75 to 80 mile per hour fastball, but not something that's coming in at 40 miles per hour. I'm not going to be able to hit it. It's true. It's true, Greg. Get to know Deary. It's the truth. All right, let's get into leading off. <laughs> We start off leading off with good. Our first catch of the day. Hey, did you see Star Wars in the theater? Yes. Oh, that's cool, man. See, that's cool. I thought maybe that was a possibility. That's the benefit of growing up in the seventies. When you were seven years old and you saw that, it was just like, right. 
you know, I see it now and I'm like, it's kind of hokey, but back then there was, there was nothing <laughs> like that around. You cannot replace that perspective of when something is new and it really is mind blowing. Cause when it's 50 years later, it's like, Oh, that looks lame now, but you're right. That perspective is everything. Uh, I, I, what you call it? I wish I still had them. I had the original figures. They came out. They, I mean, you guys are too young to know this. So it was, everything was, they tested stuff through cereals back then. So they made it a part of like a whatever you ate so many, you, you send in so many of the things from a cereal and you got these four action figures. Well, so many kids did it and ate up the bad cereal to get those action figures <laughs> that they needed to sell them in a store. And then boom, they were all over the place. But yeah. So it was like Chewbacca, Darth Vader, Luke, and, and I forget who the fourth. Oh, C-3PO. Those were the four pack. Yeah, the old Kenner action figures. My oldest brother had them for sure. And they were passed down to me. And somehow they probably ended up in a garbage disposal somewhere. Which a lot of people did, yes. I, I had a bunch of them saved. And uh, sad story, my one of my girlfriend's ex, or excuse me, one of my sister's ex-boyfriends uh, stole them out of the attic when I was at college. So he must have made a pile of money. Because I had oh, I had a whole busload of those things, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. That's crazy. Baseball cards, too. I was like, man, it's okay. Everything happens for <laughs> no reason. Does it? Oh, we can hold the real on the show. didn't marry the guy, so that worked out. There you go. <laughs> yep. Anywho, catch of the day. It's the All-Star Breaks. So you're probably saying, who's the catch of the day? There's nothing going on. Well, it's not true. We have a call-up for the Boston Red Sox making his major league debut on Thursday against the New York Yankees live on national television. What a great debut that'll be. I mean, it probably won't be like when Steven Strasburg debuted. That was a pretty cool debut. Tough to top that one, but I'm sure it'll be fun. Jaron or is it Yarin? I don't know if it's a soft J or if he's Jaron. Anybody confirm that? Because I'm looking at the pronunciation guide, and I want to always give full respect to the newcomers and get their name right. It doesn't have a pronunciation for his first name, though. Just his last name, Duran. It says Duran, by the way. I think that's kind of funny. Duran. Oh. Anybody know? Yeah, Jaren? I clicked it up Jaren? on Baseball Reference. I didn't see anything. I would oh. think it's Jaron, but... Okay, well, we'll go with Jaron. I trust you, Greg. So Jaron Duran's making his debut... Greg, true or false, you know things about fantasy baseball beyond closers? I do. Okay, great. <laughs> so uh, what do you think about this call-up? Uh, is this somebody who's going to have redraft value the rest of the season? Obviously, Dynasty, he's going to, you know, he's an up-and-comer. He's a prospect that people like. So Dynasty, he's on everyone's team. But what about yeah. redraft leagues? Um, I'm curious. Now, it's been so hard this year because it's been so hit or miss with these prospects coming up because there's such a chasm between the majors and AAA right now, it's very hard to fairly, you know, assess these guys. What I do like is that he's a late bloomer with power. Um, you know, he, he really carried the power over the gains that he got uh, from, from working in the alternate site last year. Uh, so he's coming up with 15 home runs and 12 stolen bases. So that just gets our attention. Uh, what I also like is even though he's hitting 270, he's got a on-base percentage of 365. So even mm. if he even if he only hits say 250-ish or below, um, if he's getting on base and he's giving us power and speed, that's a that's everything we want right now from anybody coming into the player pool. So um, I, I put I put a decent bid in on him on tout. I don't know if I'll win him or not. Um, I had a couple of guys backing them up, just loading up on a couple of the double headers coming around the bend with uh, Minnesota and Detroit. But we'll see what happens. Sorry, <laughs> right, you just said the secret word of the day. <laughs> All right. 
fair enough. But yes, I'm excited to see what he does, what, what he can do. Um, and of course, this weekend in the NFBC, if he has a nice debut, then the people who spent money on Vidal might be kicking themselves. Absolutely. He's got that nice OBP. He's got good plate discipline skills. And he stood there like the house by the side of the road and watched it go by. That's what you do. He takes walks, he gets on base, and then he can steal bags. Deary, are you excited about Duran coming up? And I think, and I'm hoping you'll agree with this, not spending money on Vidal Brujan last week would benefit you now. Because I would rather have Duran and redraft than Brujan. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to agree or disagree with you here. I I love the jump he made from double A AA to triple A. Greg made a fantastic point with the fact that he went from one home run in 352 plate appearances mm-hmm. to 2021 having 15. So obviously there's been some physical development there to where he's be able to pop the ball out of the park. The 12 stolen bases are really nice. Uh, the OBPs, he was an OBP monster besides that year in in double a but when he was in single a uh you know rookie ball and a plus he was a high uh obp guy you know over 400 once uh close to 400 in his two other seasons so this guy offers some value here the question it may be playing time but you got to look at the corner outfielders there that they have in boston right now you have hunter renfro who's really come on as of late that's a right-handed bat with some big power uh Duran is going to give you a left-handed bat there. They have Hernandez over there who, you know, they've been toying with him at the top of the lineup, the bottom of the lineup, a guy who, who's had a really nice season come on as of late. But I mean, this guy, they're going to give him the opportunity. You're going to bring a guy up like this. They're going to give him the opportunity. I would try to scoop him up and see what you have. But Greg made a great point with what's been going on with a lot of these guys who have been brought up that really just haven't hit right away. Franco, it's been, it's been, you know, some rough couple weeks here. You know, he's, he's been able to grab a couple steals, been able to get on base, walk, but he's been striking out a ton. We all know what happened with Jared Kelnick when he came back up. We're probably going to see him here after the All-Stripe all-star break but he had a rough time as well so proceed with caution but if you have the bucks to scoop him up if you're in a head-to-head and you're able to scoop him up go ahead and give it a flyer and let's see what we got from this guy say when i can't wait to find out if when is tomorrow thursday live jaron duran boston red sox i truly believe greg that it's wiser to spend on duran than it is bruhan i think we'll get more playing time from duran Bruhan's playing time will be mysterious, even though it could change. I don't see it changing. In fact, I see the Rays adding tiny pieces that'll make playing time more difficult for Bruhan. I, I agree with that. And uh, the one report I read from Boston Globe today said that they they might move Kike, Kike into second base a lot too and give him a clear shot mm. in center. So that, mm. that that eases a little of the, uh, the playing time burden um, for Duran. So it, if you're bringing them up now, obviously Boston wants to see what they got ahead of the trade deadline to know if they have to add something else in the outfield or, or if he's the answer. So uh, you would think they're going to give them full run here. I agree. Greg's a smart guy. I like when we agree. That's fun. We can also disagree on the show. We're welcoming that. We open it up for all opinions on the Palazzo podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Let's talk about second half thoughts here. I just want to throw it out there real quick, real quick, because you're on the show, Greg. And you're free to say anything you want. Is there anything on your mind related to baseball in the second half? Something you want us to think about or maybe a player or a team? Is there anything on your mind? A couple. Um, I think people are ignoring uh, games left 
Okay. So um, I went through this for the athletic already. So in the American league, the two teams with the most games left to play are Toronto and Cleveland with 75 each. Um, the team with the least amount of games left is, is down to Oakland at 70. There's a bigger chasm in the national league where you've got the Mets and the, uh, excuse me, the Mets and the nationals both play 75 more games. Um, San Diego's only has 69 left. So, um, you know, they, they've, they've played more than anybody. Uh, so, you know, where they are in the standings and whatnot, you know, they've been through a lot, but at least they've weathered a brunt of the storm. Uh, and, you know, we, we've talked about a couple of those other things. So in the second half, it's who do we, who's going, who's going to get traded? And then how do I get cheap guys to avoid that? So one name I wanted to bring up, um, he's not really on a lot of radars, I don't believe. Uh, Paul Sewell of Seattle. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I do believe that they, I mean, it, it'd be nice to see Seattle hang around in the playoff race going here down the stretch. But uh, if they can't sign Kendall Graveman to an extension, which at this point I don't think they're going to, uh, he's a free agent at the end of the season. So you've, you've got to keep rebuilding on the fly. It would, with what the relievers are going to go for on the market, you know a team like Toronto or others are going to want somebody like Graven, even if it's a setup role. Uh, so I think you have to move him. So, and with all the sticky stuff, so I'm going to focus on from June 21st on. Uh, Sewell has two wins and two saves already in the bank. Uh, 8.2 innings pitched with a 17 to three strikeout to walk rate. Uh, that's a 54.8 strikeout percentage with a 6.5 walk percentage and a 15.9 swinging strike rate. This is post sticky gate. So it's not like, you know, I, I don't know if he can keep this up. However, that's, you know, that's almost a month worth of data uh, on him getting some action. So, um, you know, this is one of those things the, the Mets gave up on him maybe a little too early, but uh, the, the Mariners have been making, making some magic out there with the bullpen. So, you know, I mean, heck, they, they've got him and Steckenrider both on the right track. So that, that says something to me. So I, I picked up Sewell a couple of places this weekend for a couple of bucks, just thinking, well, what the hell? Because if he does end up getting the closer gig and they and they trade Graveman, then I don't have to run to the and overpay on the fob because in a couple of leagues, I don't have that extra money. Man, by the way, I, I picked up Sewell in my main event last weekend. So I'm going to mm-hmm. talk more about that later and name that runner fab bid. Also, around here, Greg, we call it the right spin right panic of 2021. We don't call it sticky gate, so I just want to make sure that's clear. But I agree with everything you just said, man. You are a wise individual. You probably win a lot of money every year. People should listen to Greg Jewett. That's why he's on the show at GJuet9. That's numerical nine on Twitter. GJuet9. I'm at MJ Govier, and he's C. Deary 1999. And we're talking about fantasy baseball. Second half. Games played is a great call. I know Deary wants to chime in on this, but this is the time where you really have to, you got to lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. We got to lock it up. We do. This is the time. If we don't lock it up now, we're going to lose the opportunity, or it might even be too late for some of us. But Deary, six games played difference between San Diego and uh, Cleveland, you said? Was that what it was? The the Mets. The Mets Mets. and the Nationals. Yes. That's a big disparity and give you a big advantage, especially in Roto. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at the Mets. They had all those rainouts at the start mm-hmm. of the season, and they're they're trying to make up some of those things. It's so funny you bring up the Mariners. Like, 
This is a team that's five games over 500, yet they have a run differential of negative 50. There's no way a team like this are going to be buyers. They're on the and rebuild. And you know how many saves Rafael Montero blew already? <laughs> if you look at the funny thing, if you go on baseball reference, their record in one-run games is like immaculate, but when they get blown out, it's just ugly. They just, they just yeah. Yeah. Like, you can just kick our ass. We don't care. They're, when they get no hit, that's, they get that's no where hit. the big disparity is because they've won yeah. so many one run games that when they lose, it really skews that number. But yes. Yeah, the Angels have a you know twenty four run difference over them. I know the Rangers are a little or not the Rangers, the Angels are a little uh you know down this year. And I feel like they might try to make a move to get in the wild card race. I don't think they have a chance in the division with the way Houston and, and the A's are looking. But I, you know, I look at the second half and I look at some of these guys like the the Cody Bellingers, who he he's mm-hmm. had issues with injuries, and when he has played, he's been an absolute disaster. He's ten percent above his his strikeout rate from the last two years. He's not hitting with any power. And there's been a couple guys here, not only him, but Mookie Betts with the Dodgers have not lived up to their top, you know, forty fantasy value. Mookie Betts top five fantasy value. No, I feel like. I feel like these guys are going to pick it up in the second half. And then I'm really starting to look at some of the hitters and also pitchers that we should be seeing here in the next few weeks. Look at Alex, look at Bregman, look at uh, Rendon, who's going to be coming back from the Angels. I really feel like the Angels are going to possibly get to a point where they're probably going to be buyers if they need to get into this race. They have the mashers. If Trout can come back early August, I feel like they're going to try to supplement other parts of their not only bullpen starting rotation but maybe even their lineup to compete and then i'm going to be really interested to see what happens with chris sale i mean the red sox are in a real money position right now they're bringing up their top prospect their second best record in the majors right now it may be the point where they end up running away with the division i know the rays are going to be on their tail i think the yankees are just absolutely falling to the wayside right now i think the yankees end up fourth in that division because i think the Blue Jays are going to be buying as well. So Chris Sale is a guy that I'm really interested to see if he can give you a playoff run in fantasy here, a guy that obviously has the pedigree over the years. It's tough because he's coming back from injury. Who knows what's going to happen with his innings, but also like Shane Bieber, another guy who's going to be coming back from injury here soon. And what's Cleveland going to do? They're in this wild card race, but there are some guys floating out there. If, if you can find these guys on the cheap in a trade, uh, or even you can you know ship these guys off in a dynasty and maybe supplement somebody else's team and maybe pick up some young talent in return and maybe get a good haul. There's the opportunity here. It's going to get real fun here in the next couple of weeks, and the trade deadline is going to change a lot of things, especially mm-hmm. when we get talking about bullpens here soon. Christopher Deary, wonderful. I mean, they don't call him Mr. For nothing. This guy is a stud. He's one of the top-notch analysts in the game. If you're not following C. Deary 1999, then you're making a mistake, and you're missing out on opportunities to learn from people. Greg Jewett, Chris Deary, Michael Govier. On the podcast version right now, you're hearing great groove from the 90s. Return of the man. Return of the man. It's a beautiful song. You remember that song from the late 90s, Return of the Mac? Uh, did you ever go to a club and dance to that one? Greg? <laughs> Oh yeah, that was my that was my friend Mike's that was his jam every there time. It is. On, he had to make his move for the night. <laughs> yes, yes, that's great. That's great. Unfortunately, I was more of a, some... was more of a too slow guy. 
Oh, real close. Ooh. Whatever that one was there, I, I always like that one. I, Next, I too close. That's a yes, wedding there classic. Was, yes, My the wife and I danced at it. That was, that was yeah. mine. He had returned the Mac, but I, I was I was the next guy. Yeah. Next, too close. Yep, it's a wedding classic that my wife and I definitely get down to. We did three weeks ago. <laughs> you know that's great. The problem though with any dance floor, they're always too small. Yeah. Right. Oh, did I blow that? Never mind. I blew it. Anyways, uh, there's always a. That's a problem when Mark Morrison's jam at Turn of the Mac is jamming and you want to get out there. There's more ladies in the mix. I mean, if you're not into ladies and you want guys, then too many dicks on the dance floor is a great advantage for you. But me personally, I prefer women, and then that's just my personal preference. But. I'm open to suggestions too, and I don't know. I've I've experimented, but we'll leave it there. Uh, I want to tell you guys that when we do Return of the Mac, we try to allude. We try to allude to who's coming back, who we know is coming back, but it's not a guarantee. Like Chris Sale, Chris Sale's creeping. He's getting closer. He's throwing simulated games. Greg, he's. Do you expect to see Chris Sale by the first week of August, or is that crazy? I don't think it's crazy, but if he comes back in the first week of August, I would expect a, a, a three, maybe four inning outing at the beginning. I, I don't know how far they're going to get him stretched out. It, it, it really, really depends on the, if he can get his pitch count to in the, in the next couple of weeks here. I, I think first week in August might be pushing it, um, but it, I think a lot of it will depend on where they are in the standings. And again, you know, Chris brought that up and I said at the beginning, I mean, eight of the next 10 games for these two teams are against each other. So um, if Boston wants to put the the last hammer in the coffin, they, they have a great chance to do it in the next 10 days. No doubt about it. Hell yeah. The well done, fan Greg. base will be in absolute panic mode. <laughs> Man, I'm glad I called that guy. Yeah, I'm glad we called Greg too, because that is sound <laughs> advice, Greg. There's something about the excitement of a player returning that makes people pay too much on fab and also commit too soon. And Chris sale, if I look around in my leagues, NFBC, Yahoo, Bantrax, he's pretty much unavailable. He seems, everyone seems to be holding on to him. So I don't even know if he's going to be available in certain leagues like Deary in redraft leagues. I wouldn't expect you would find him anywhere. I do expect you might find a better chance getting Carlos Carrasco or is it already too late now on Carlos? I mean, I, I, all my leagues, both those guys are already scooped up. Um, I think where sale is really going to help you down the stretch might be kind of those leagues that are more ratio based. The K per nine, uh, it's not going to be win, win or loss based. It's going to be a lot more ratios. And I think he'll probably come back and give you those ratios because Greg brought up the great point that like through August, we're probably only going to see four or five innings for him from him for about three or four starts. And sure, they're going to stretch him out here. He's been throwing some simulated games. He's going to see some live batters here soon. But they're gearing up for him to be there for the playoff run. Mm-hmm. I don't think the I don't think us as analysts thought the Red Sox would be as much out in front as they are. I mean, I actually predicted they would finish fourth in the division. I was way off on this. Like they are absolute moon stompers right now. And yeah, it actually yeah. makes it actually makes sense now. Now that I think about it, like they've gotten good enough starting pitching. 
Matt Barnes has been a lot better than a lot of other people in the fantasy industry talked about. A lot of people were shitting <laughs> on him. And, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people were shitting on Matt Barnes and Adam Adovino when it came into the season. We're like, Barnes is going to lose that job. He hasn't. He's been a stud. He was an all-star. Adovino's been great getting holds. You know, a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez, his ratios have been fantastic. His ERA is garbage right now, but you look at his FIP and his XFIP, they're really, really good. And they have the luxury of bringing up a guy like Duran right now. So I, I think they're going for it right now, but they're going to be cautious with Sale because they want him for that playoff run because they're going to need that stud starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on that Cork Stats show, Greg, you said avoid the Boston bullpen. That was February 23rd. Now, I'm not harping on you. It's just the truth. If you had told me Matt Barnes' walk rate was going to plunge that much, then I would have been like, oh, then go get him. His walk rate going into this year has always been a little sketchy, but yeah, (laughs) he's he's made a liar of me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. You know, Greg, before the season, we had over 40 analysts on our podcast, and Barnes was brought up maybe 10, 11 times. Not one person said, like, this is a guy you need to go by. It was caution. It was caution. When Mm -hmm. is Adovino going to take over? At, at the trade deadline, someone's going to, you know, Boston's going to go out and grab somebody. And Barnes has proved us wrong. So we have to admit our mistakes. We're wrong on this one. We're wrong with the Red Sox. We're wrong with their bullpen. And, uh, you know, if you scooped up Barnes, most likely you got him later in terms of, you know, you got a probably 14th, 15th closer in many situations. And you are reaping the benefits right now. Yeah, I, I, I was hesitant about Mark Melanson, too. We've seen how that's worked out. Yeah, as was I. <laughs> hey Willie, where's the cat? I'll tell you what. If Alf could throw and close games, I would pick up Alf. I don't care who it is. I'll use anybody as a closer. He's got that Melmac power. <laughs> he does. He's got that extra Melmac screwball. He was a legend as a softball player. I don't know if he plays baseball, but point being, Greg, is a uh, February twenty third when you were on the Cork Stats show. Shout out to John, by the way. And we'll be moving averages. Make sure you follow John. John's an amazing spirit. He has great guests on. He's taking the show to another level. Cork Stats, part of the FTN network. Good stuff. That was February twenty third, and you know Melanson had just signed like five days prior to that too. So, oh, and, and he was a mess. And you know, I did learn that in spring training with veterans, just throw it out the window because Melanson had more walks than strikeouts in spring. And I was like, yep. oh man, this this is not going great. <laughs> But he just didn't care. He was out there just throwing pitches because he knew what his role was and he couldn't give a rip. Exactly. So. Uh, by the way, uh, yeah, Trevor Rosenthal is out for the year officially. If anybody didn't know, he got season-ending hip surgery. He's officially done. So don't expect him to come back. Total classic, classic, have a nice little season, come out of nowhere, and then sign a deal and <laughs> just uh, relievers. I don't trust relievers who come hot, get a nice deal, and then they, they just don't always provide it. I think if we looked at the stats and we started breaking down the data, we would find that a lot of those season follow-ups where they sign with somebody else don't always go very well. Do you agree with that? That's the the, the guys, the, the Hall of Famers, Rick Wolf and uh, Glenn Cohen from Fantasy Alarm. They always say never pay for a career year in fantasy, and that's no, oh. that one of the – it's, it's it's hard because you pay full retail for that for that one thing. It makes it difficult. Couldn't have said it better. That's what we always say here, right, dear? Yeah, so, Mike, you brought up Carlos Carrasco. Can we riff on him for a minute? What type yeah, of value riff. are we going to get in August from Carlos Carrasco? So many people drafted him. I was high on him this year. I'm like, he's going to the Mets. This is a team that's going to compete in the East. And he got this injury, and he is still out. They've been cautious with him. Amazingly, they are still in first place, and we're going to be able to see him soon. What are we going to get from Carlos Carrasco? So I want to throw it out to you, too. 
He's rehabbing tomorrow. So would you rather have Carrasco at high A? So it'll probably be a couple rehab assignments, obviously. Greg, Carrasco or Sale rest of season? Who would you rather have? Sale. Because he's a better player. So of all, all things being equal, he's just a better pitcher or? Well, I trust the Red Sox uh, health crew a little bit more than I trust the Mets. <laughs> And, well, it's not yeah, the Yankees' uh, health crews. So. Oh, good God! Um, but yeah, I, I, I just think the Red Sox will probably be a little, little savvier with them. I don't know. I, I agree. Every time I, every time you trust something yeah. with the Mets, it comes back to bite you in the hiney. So I, I don't know. It, it just makes me nervous. I, everything I hear about Chris Sale's been trending in a positive direction. It's like every time something with Carrasco is going backwards. And I just feel like it might be the same thing when he comes back in August. Anytime I used Carrasco in DFS last year, he imploded. If I didn't use him, he struck out 11 and gave up nothing. Well, it wasn't the Bozo season. He just got nuked. <laughs> By the way, Greg used Heine. That's a very first for the show. Heine was used on the show. Thank it's you. What, Greg. our 110th episode? We got our first Heine. Yeah. What did you, what did you have? A few drinks this morning? Older ones on here. Huh? What you- I keep forgetting I can swear. You can say whatever the fuck you want on this show. Also, <laughs> uh, you're not the oldest guy on the show. Well, I'm a teacher, was on the show. So that's, I'm always used to covering it up. So, yeah. Hey, I used to be a teacher. I taught for five years. So. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But okay. let's finish up this segment here. So, yes, Carrasco's back, Deary. It's exciting. He'll probably tear his hamstring off the bone again, and he'll miss the rest of the season. One of these rehab starts. <laughs> I would be very weary of it, but... If he's available, you definitely put a couple bucks on it. You probably should have done it last week. It's already probably too late, frankly, now. But mm-hmm. we're reminding you that he's on his first rehab assignment Thursday at High A uh, Port St. Lucie. Are they still Port St. Lucie? The uh, the Mets, I believe that's their uh, that's their High A team down there in Florida, Port St. Lucie. Speaking of the Mets, J.D. Davis is crushing the ball at AAA on his rehab assignment. He went four for six. With a homer the other day, he's looking like he's ready to go. Now, this is somebody who can help you. And frankly, you probably should have picked him up last week. But I still think the percentages, if I looked it up, would be pretty high in terms of availability. J.D. Davis, does he have a spot in New York, Greg? And are you interested in acquiring that bat for your fantasy services? Uh-huh. As as with anything, I'd have to look at team need. But um, sure. Yeah, actually, I saw him on July 4th. Uh, we went to a game with my girlfriend's. Uh, brother and they were brother and sister there and or sister-in-law there in town and I was like oh my god JD Davis is alive so yeah he had a double in that game and uh we'll see you know I, I, he kills lefties but we got to see if he can do it against everybody and how much will the Mets play him because they haven't needed him mm-hmm. he's rostered in 43 percent of Yahoo leagues Deary and what? I think there's a spot in the outfield for him so he's available in half of Yahoo leagues, which would tell me that he's probably slightly less available in FBC fan tracks. But J.D. Davis can also get on base very well. Mm-hmm. I like him in OBP leagues, too. Well, yeah, it's kind of the ethic of the Mets. You know, Brandon Nimmo just came back. He's a high OBP guy. Jeff McNeil came back, and he's been he's actually been okay. He's starting to get on base here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, the big kind of, uh, you know, the thing that's really – a big issue with the Mets right now is like, what are they going to do with John, Jonathan VR? He's playing third base right now. Obviously JD Davis can play third base and he can play the outfield. Dom Smith has kind of been a mess for them this year. A lot of people are high on him this year and I was high on Dom Smith, but like if JD Davis is raking and you bring him up, this is a team that's going for the NLE championship. No one else is really threatening them right now. And I feel like, with the injuries the Mets have had, it's it's amazing that they are above 500 in 
in that division right now, you got the Phillies that their bullpen is a mess. They've had health issues. The Braves with Acuna out and, you know, some of the starting pitching issues, you know, Roka being out, you know, Braves probably aren't going for it. I feel like the Phillies are probably buyers right now. But I think with the Mets, they just needed to get healthy, and they're starting to get people back. I feel like Michael Conforto has to start picking it up. This is a guy who's been really, really solid over the last few years, a really good left-handed bat. I I feel like he's going to pick it up. J.D. Davis, I feel like if he comes up here – you know, and starts to produce for them. I think he's going to start taking that bats away from Dom Smith because this is a guy who can get it on base, like you said, Mike. So JD Davis, it's a nice speculative pickup here in fantasy. You know, a guy who could probably bat sixth or seventh in a lineup, following a bunch of guys who can have really good on base percentages. So maybe it's a speculative flyer right now on JD Davis, but like this is another guy who hasn't been able to stay healthy all year, but. Look at this. If you get guys healthy in the second half, you get Nimmo healthy, Conforto starts to come around, Jeff McNeil is healthy, he starts to pick it up like I believe he will, and there's no way Lindor is going to continue on this horrid pace that he's been going on. Had a home run the other day, starting to pick it up a little bit. I think the Mets could end up running away with the division, and you have five or six really relevant fantasy guys in the last two months of the season here, and J.D. Davis could be a part of that crew. By the way, the Phillies are right there. They're only a couple games behind. So, yes, I see what you're saying. Like, they're not running away with it. The challengers are weak, but Atlanta and Philly and Washington, they're all right there. It's a tight race. And here's the most pointless stat you'll hear on this show, the entire show. I'm calling it right now. Currently, according to fan graphs, the Mets have a 77.8% chance of making the playoffs. Yay! <laughs> so that means they're winning the division. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Greg, are you a Mets fan? I mean, you live up in the area, so... Um, you know, it's funny. No, I grew up a Yankees fan. However, um, the, when I started getting paid to write, uh, my fandom kind of ebbed, if that makes any sense. Like, no, we get it. We've had like this conversation I, several times up, on this show. When I grew up, I would only wear a Yankee hat. And, you know, I, the only time I put on another helmet is when we we're playing wiffle ball and we we're imitating the players or teams having a game. But um, <laughs> no, and now I'm here. Say now, you know, if I take my son to a game and I'll get a hat and T-shirt or wherever we go. Like I took uh, took my girlfriend Katie up to her first major league game. We went and saw the Blue Jays play the Mariners. We had our Vlad Guerrero jerseys on. It's whatever. My dad was like, you know, putting the thumbs down on our Facebook pictures. But it's, you know, long story short, uh, I'm not the fan that I used to be. I will watch any game on TV. Um, I'll wear anybody's hat or shirt right now as long as I'm I'm into who they are. So, yeah, uh, I love baseball, but uh, my my relationship with one team is not the same. We love it. We've had this conversation many times. We've had it with uh, Toby and Bubba when they came on. Talked about that. The fandom, Toby said the fandom just went away, and I I get it. And that makes sense. We still like our – Tigers, right, dear? Go Tigers. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. I grew up a Tigers fan, but, I mean, there's been three parts of our life where they were absolute shit. So I had to roll with other teams because I'm such a big baseball fan. You know, in the early 90s, right when the Braves started started getting good, I was a big fan of the Braves. You know, Mm -hmm. being a pitcher myself, I was a massive fan of Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz and – you know, there's always been other teams that I'm getting in on. Like right now, there's probably five or six teams that I just love. And most of it has to do with the fantasy players I have for these teams. And 
you know, I've been watching the Tigers as I always do, but uh, you know, it's I, I, I gotta have a little bit of restraint when it comes to the Tigers because I know what's going with this rebuild, and uh, I know that this owner is absolute garbage, and the GM is just as bad. Oh boy! Well, there it is, folks. Uh, Brian K says, "Great show as always, guys. I follow closer charts on Google Sheets all season. Thanks, Greg. So you got a fan right there. Your closer charts are top notch." He also says, Steve Cohen did not lose money last year like other owners. He's going to get a guy or two. Oh, okay. Interesting. So the Mets could be buyers. They should be. They're in the playoff race. And mm-hmm. make sure you follow Greg. at 9 on Twitter. Check out his closer charts. This is great stuff. People swear by it now. At Roto Fanatic, we have Mr. Dr. Mike Carter. He's a great bullpen guy. Mm-hmm. In fact, you just did a show with him yep. and Nate Markham on our pal Eric Samulski's Catcher's Corner podcast. Shout out to Eric. Shout out to Nate. Shout out to Mike. A lot of shouts there, I know. But that was a really cool, like, all out. He had three bullpen gods on at once. How, how was that show? Oh, it was awesome. That was the first time I got to, uh, you know, be on a show with Mike. He's such a such a great guy. And, and Did he know, make fun of himself? Always. <laughs> Very self-deprecating, but always giving, always giving compliments to everyone else. Yes, absolutely. One of the and nicest uh, guys in the game. Yes, he is. Yes. And he's in the education realm. So I'm sure you guys yep. could rap about that. Yes. Yeah. We, we talked a little before the show about that stuff. Yeah. I know it's a lot of educators somehow get into the fantasy stuff. But, you know, as my girlfriend yeah. goes, well, you're lucky you teach phys ed. So you have it easy. She uh-huh. teaches kindergarten. Oh, she's oh, a kindergarten boy. teacher. That's yeah. rough. She so doesn't I get a break. Whereas I can't I go, imagine a free period and type an article. She's trying to keep her keep herself together on her 30 minutes off. I can't even imagine what's been going on with kindergarten in the last year and a half with COVID going on and kids being on Zoom. And how do you learn to read on Zoom? Like, come on. I couldn't do kindergarten to begin with, but on Zoom, no. I I would hear the classes and I was just like, oh, my dear goodness. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Well, that's intense. Don't forget. Greg knows closers on this show, the Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. We know everything about fantasy baseball. Give me two. That's what we do here. So when those guys come back, hopefully they'll help your team. Uh, Shane Bieber, Luis Severino slowly grinding back. Eloy Jimenez obviously is coming back ASAP. He's rehabbing with the Charlotte Knights tomorrow. And mm-hmm. that's good news. Alejandro Kirk of the Blue Jays on the brink. That'll help. He had a great bat, hit a double dong game back in April, I think it was, and he looks like a promising bat himself. And Zach Gallen looks like he's going to come back again from, like, his 10th injury this year. So, you know, Mondesi, Seager, these are other guys in the fold coming up here. That's true. I also, I dropped Gallen finally in my main event. I just couldn't take it anymore. After the last hamstring injury, I finally cut bait. After I held on to him forever, then he comes back, and I'm just sick of it. I'm like, I can't, I don't have time for this, because there is a certain point where you're like, oh, shit, it's mid-July. I can't hold on to players who are not providing me return, no matter how good they are. If they could be out for the year, or he comes back for one start, or the Diamondbacks also shut him down because, they're like, hey, we're not doing anything. This season's over. Why would we rush this guy back? There's a lot of factors always matter. Context, as Greg said, team dependency, how your build looks, all this stuff matters. But you guys already know that. I don't know why I'm telling you that. Yeah, Greg, Greg, uh, I'll throw it out to you. When do you pull the plug on players that either are underperforming or you have injuries like a Gallon or a Mondesi, you know, that just keep going back to the to, to the IL? When do, when do you pull the cl- plug in your leagues? When um, you don't have IL spots, by the way. No well, IL yeah, spots. No, this is very applicable because I have Mondesi in, a, in an online championship 
um, in NFBC. So that's been a killer, and, and it, that team is it goes up and down. Uh, I told my girlfriend when I drafted that team, I'm like, this team is going to come in first or is going to come in last. Um, and things have not been going our way. Uh, when you take Mondesi in the second round and he's not playing, then we obviously know where this this team's somehow in seventh. I don't know how, um, but I did okay wow. with pitching. So if I could get him back and Gallo stays hot or ends up on a team with a short right field porch, um, they could make a push, but you really, and, and and I feel like the moment I drop Bobby Wood Jr., they're going to call him up. Now, he's still <laughs> not in AAA, so uh, yeah. it's getting to the point where I almost have to let go, and it's going to kill me. Um, and, and in TGFBI, I drafted Framber Valdez and Eloy before their injuries. Um, I did hold on to Framber because I thought there was a chance, but everyone's like, oh, there's no way Eloy's coming back, so I dropped him, and now I couldn't get him back because I didn't have enough fob money left, so – that's a sad story. So when the right call, hits like three home runs this first week, I'm going to be sad on the inside. My third round pick didn't give me anything, but it is what it is. Um, but to put answer your question, it's, it's personal what you can handle. Like he, he finally had enough with Zach and said, that's it. And you just have to hope that when you cut the cord that those guys don't come back, you know, and sometimes you, you do okay and sometimes you don't, but as long as you're addressing an immediate need, I, mm-hmm. I think you just have to do what you have to do, especially with limited spots to, to not have injured, injured, injured spots is very difficult. And we always get high turnover with closers. So, I mean, it's just the, the nature of the game, the, the churn and burn is always going. And reason will prevail. Reason will prevail. Always does. In fact, the MLB draft just happened too. I was not a fan of the draft happening on the all-star break-ish, I thought, I, I see what they're doing there. They're trying to take advantage of the dead time with no games happening. I understand that. But I also felt like it's a time to break, chill. Like, why not have the MLB draft be its own time mm-hmm. on a weekend or something where it you could still tonight. make it an event? It could yeah. have been tonight. There's yeah. Right. Or tomorrow. I mean, well, no, they yes. got the Yankee game tomorrow, but whatever. Uh, it's... You know, but they, the, the, but they I could mean, have done I today. Watched, I right. watched the soccer game. I wasn't watching the draft. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the top, we're not draft experts here, so we'd be fools no. to tell you, hey, well, we're going to break down the MLB draft for you. We know what's going on <laughs> with prospects, but those are prospects that are, are more involved already in the game. When the Tigers took this Job dude, I was like, oh, God, it's a high school player, which sucks, but we don't know who he is. And as far as all these other players that trickle down, like Kumar Rocker dropping to the Mets at 9, People think that's like a miracle and it's going to be a huge breakthrough, but we don't have no idea. We have no idea how these things will play out. So I also think analyzing an MLB draft right after it happens more than any other draft in any sports league is the most superfluous, ridiculous thing you could do. It's no grading drafts right as they happen are pointless. And the MLB draft in particular is just even more pointless. I, I give a massive amount of credit to those that do follow the draft. You know, our, our guys at Motor City Bengals, Chris Brown and, oh, yeah. and Roger, those guys have been zeroed in for a long time on who the Tigers should go after. I watched free. their show. I did. But, I watched it on Sunday. I mean, how many of us analysts here focus on those amateur guys? We don't get to see a lot of them play. It's so different than basketball and football mm-hmm. and with, 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 Baseball, the one thing that frustrated me is our local sports talk radio I've been talking a lot of Tigers lately because they started playing well. They went on another streak here. And yeah, third every, place in the every other team in Detroit is absolute shit right now. And it's the <gasps> midsummer. So let's talk Tigers. 
But somehow everybody became a MLB draft expert overnight in Detroit. And I laughed my ass off with people calling in and being like, Chris Illich should sell the team and Al Avila should be fired based on drafting a high school pitcher at three. I've been listening to Sports Talk Radio in Detroit for 20 years, and this is the first time that I've really heard them talk about the draft. And I get it. They need something to talk about. They need their talking points. They need someone to shit on overnight. But it's like, Come on, there's not one player in that top 10 that we're going to see in the next three years anyways. You cannot evaluate any of these players right now, just like Mike said. You go back to the last five, six years, and you look at high school pitchers and high school shortstops. Some of these guys came up and have been superstars. Some of these guys came up in their utility players. Some of these players we have never even heard of. It's so hard to evaluate high school talent. It's so hard to evaluate Major League Baseball drafts. But, yeah, to your point, Mike, I, I mean, it didn't matter to me that it was the other night. I didn't zero in on it. I was on Twitter and saw some of our guys over at Motor City Bengals talk about the Tigers pick and some of the other analysts that we've had on the show talk about some of these picks, which is great. It gives me some information that I don't know about these guys, but like, it's just impossible to evaluate what goes on. Let's see till these guys get to the minors and see what they do over the next couple of years, and then we can start evaluating. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you, Deary. Very well said. There it is. So MLB draft content. Please check out our fellas there. Motor City Bengals. They love they love focusing on what the Tigers are doing, but they know the draft too. A lot of great content on their YouTube channel and their website. MotorCityBengals.com. Roger, Brian, Chris, the Youp. Great people. Did you know that uh, Youp, Youper, is short for someone who lives in the Upper Peninsula, Greg, here? Did you know that? I did not. We call them Youpers. <laughs> Just a little fun fact about the Great Lakes State. You ever been to the Upper Peninsula? No. Okay. Well, either have I. <laughs> <laughs> Lived in Michigan four years, never been to the Upper Peninsula. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, you listen to the Plausible Podcast. Two L's, two Z's on Twitter. Two L's, two Z's on YouTube. Utah. Please sub our show. Sub, 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 How many times do I have to tell you? Please sub our channel. Pretty, pretty, please. I beg you. I'll do anything. Please, just sub the channel. All right, let's get into Enrico's Inquisition. <laughs> Bryce Harper or Lenny Dykstra? Bryce Harper. Oceans or lakes? Which do you prefer? Lakes. Oceans terrify me. Van Halen or Van Hagar? Oh, <laughs> Van Halen. Not Ooh. a contest. WW84, the movie. This is an old oh, one. Nelly, get ready for some doozies. Because it's time <laughs> for everybody's one, yeah. favorite part of the show. Henry we haven't done an Inquisition in a bit. Inquisition. You so. keep saying that. <laughs> <Did> we just... <laughs> you were on the show no. last week. Well, what do you keep saying that? Did we do one last week? Come on. Where are you? Who are you? Yeah. Remember we talked to... Uh... No, my short-term memory is falling My long-term memory is falling <laughs> We had uh, someone on the show, in fact, who's a really nice guy. Ryan Venuncio. Correct. And the Bauer stuff was already going Anyways, Ryan Venancio, that was a great show. I'm telling you, I live day to day, man. I know you do. That's why I'm here to help, man. Don't worry about it. But Ryan Venancio is an outstanding analyst and an amazing drummer. Check out his band, With Sales Ahead. Are you into uh, metal at all, Greg? Nah, sorry. Never been my never been my shtick. Oh, you don't have to apologize for that. Uh, well, what are your preferences? Are you a big Billy Joel fan? Um, I'm not. U2 was my band in college. Um, we always had different stuff in the uh, the old, you know, back in the day. We thought we were badasses with our six CD changer. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah! 
So we used, have, we used to have them, the Black Crows, uh, the oh. Colt, a few other bands always in the in the shuffle going around at the when we had the house party. So yeah, those are all new bands that I don't think anybody's mentioned on the show. You two, the Black Crows, which Black Crows, they're not terrible. I, I wasn't ever a big fan. It was, it was when the when the first one came out, they were hot. But yeah, yeah I've oh. ever since then it's been Fizzle City. But right, hard um, to handle. I used to go around see, singing "Hard to Handle" all day they, when I was a kid. Boys, boys License to Ill was on every single one until we grew Ooh. up a little bit. But yeah, I actually saw them in person, so that's that was nice. Uh, oh shit! Like when uh, eighty seven. Wow, dude! Public Enemy opened that? up. Oh, Whoa. Shit. Now we're talking. Oh yeah, yeah. And that was, yeah, see, we, they, that was before either one of them really popped. It was just an unbelievable show. Great energy, um, and, and it was nice because I told you I share stuff with my son. So uh, they had yeah. the uh, on Apple Plus when they had the uh, the two living beasties when they do their, yeah. their show. Him and I watched that together, and he was just like locked in on it. He's like, "Oh my god, I." respect these guys so much more now it was just and it was funny to hear them say like what drew me to them was licensed to ill and they were like that's the worst thing we ever did <laughs> you know i i i went onto youtube not too long ago a couple weeks ago actually late at night and i i never saw beastie boys live and i went and i was just looking at live beastie boys and it was right before adam yauk died they did like mm-hmm. this concert in like london and it was just them three on stage. Like, it was just like unannounced. They came up and it was absolutely incredible. I was just like, I can't believe these guys were this fucking amazing live. I mean, obviously they put out amazing albums, but like, mm-hmm. I never got to see them live. And I was like, man, these guys are really, really incredible MCs. But it's hilarious that you talk about like the iteration of them back in 87, which was completely different like five yep. years ago. Like, it was almost a joke what they did back with License to Ill. But yeah. also, I couldn't even imagine what it was like being around during that time when License to Ill came out. I mean, Mike, what oh, it was insane. We were six, seven years old when that came out. <laughs> For me, it was insane. It was just, and there was like a, a punk band from Ireland opened up, and then it was Public Enemy. I mean, they came out with like guys carrying like fake Uzis, and we we're all just like, oh. <laughs> And all of a sudden, Paper Flay comes jumping out. We're like, oh, okay, this is all right. And then we listen to, you know. But again, that they brought Public Enemy around because they were trying to get them exposure. And it was just yeah, yeah, so it cool. was just an unbelievable scene back then. Things were really shifting around at that time. But, you know, I was a senior in high school. The stuff was just. And then on the full circle, I saw a Joshua tour, Joshua Tree tour in the, in the in the fall of '87. So I mean, I got to see both of them in that same year. Um, and I took my son to the reunion tour in Cleveland. We were at the yeah when they, when they did the 30th anniversary of Joshua tour. Yeah, yeah. My wife and I went uh, Fort Field. It was, was actually really, really good. That was amazing. And the same thing. So now, I, the other day, we were driving somewhere, and he had like U2 in his in his play thing. It's like I, that never would have happened if we didn't go to that concert. So those are little things you share that are, that are that are fun. So, and he plays Sabotage all the time. So. <laughs> Wow. Man, once you get exposed to that stuff, you just for, you know, for all times. Just forever change, man. Nothing will ever be the same once you hear a certain band like the Beasties or U2. Oh, man, those are great bands. And people like to, there's snobs out there. Music snobs will belittle your tastes and they'll ruin things for you. Don't let them do that to you. Enjoy what you like. Don't let people put their own context on your experience. That's my little two cents there. I just want to throw that out there. 
We're in the Rico's Inquisition talking with Greg Jewett. Follow Greg on Twitter at GJewett9. Numerical 9. GJewett9. GJewett9. That's two T's, by the way. Greg, would you rather be stabbed or arrested? This is a question we often ask people. Uh, I'll be arrested. Okay, that's a good choice. That's a simple choice. It's not that complicated. <laughs> what about the uh, change-up? Slider or curveball? Which one do you prefer? Hmm. Uh, I like the aesthetics of a curve. Oh, okay. And your favorite curveball? Or a pitcher who threw a damn fine one you'd like to share with the audience? Uh, don't really have one on tap, but actually my favorite pitch was old Mario Rivera's cutter. That was just a thing of beauty. Wow, we never brought the cutter into the conversation. That's a new one, and that was a legendary pitch. No argument here. 90-something percent of the time, it was crazy. Everyone knew it was coming, and he still got him out. It was just yep. bananas. That was my yep. last guy. Like, as you know, I talk about the Yankees. That that was it. When when Mariano retired, that's when I kind of buried my fandom because that was it was time to move on. Yeah. I thought there were – what closer? Because closers don't always have that curve, right? They get a lot of hard stuff, the slider and the fastball, the cutter. Um, Hoffman had a curve, I think. I mean, Kimbrell has yeah, a good change up, though. He had the killer change Oh, that's right, yeah. Kimbrell's got the knuckle curve. There's a couple of others. Oh, that's true. It's usually, a sl- it's usually a fastball slider combination, maybe usually, a change up or a sinker. Yeah. You don't see many curveballs, like high-looping curveballs like a – like a Barry Zito or a Kershaw. You don't really see those from closers because I Frank think Crack. there's the chance of those like being left up there and popped out of the park. Yeah, I think Krenchak might snap them off every now and again. Special K, as you referred to him on the February 23rd episode of Cork Stats. <laughs> I was listening. Yes. I hadn't heard that. I don't know if that's a thing, but I hadn't heard it yet. So that's pretty cool. Um, I like that. I've heard it, I heard it somewhere else from, I don't know if it was somebody from Cleveland or whatever, but yeah, I kind of thought that was cool. It's one of the few drugs I never tried, dear ketamine. Never got that one. <laughs> did you? I don't think. Uh, I've tried a lot. Not that one though. Yeah, I didn't think so. That was just wasn't around our area. It wasn't in Michigan in the '90s. I'll make that clear. Or in the early 2000s. Uh, we definitely had all the other drugs though. Not going to deny that. Uh, I'll tell you this, Greg. If you could sail or go on a flight to the moon, this is a new one. Would you rather sail on a long... I'm talking like a, a a long trip on a sailboat. Or would you rather take a trip to the moon in a rocket ship? Uh, we'll go rocket. I don't have that patience. Are you a big boater? No. Have you ever swum? Swam? Yeah. I, I enjoy swam? swimming, but yeah, not not a boat guy. Too much ah, maintenance. What was the best swim you ever had? Best swim I ever had... Uh, I would say when we snuck into a reservoir up here and went skinny dipping, me and another couple. Well, me and my girlfriend at that time and another couple, yeah. There it is. The old Iron Night Swimming, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's the kind of story we want on this show. Man, I haven't skinny dipped a long time. Nobody wants to see that. (laughs) Thank God it was dark. dark. (laughs) You're a sexy man. I mean, I know I'm unattractive, but... You know, sometimes I have been attracted. Right now, I'm not attracted. But eventually, I'll come back around and society will be like, oh, you're attractive again. And then I'll probably get fat again. It's just a rotating thing until I die. I never learned my lesson, Greg. I just never learn. But Greg has a lot to offer, and that's why he's on our show tonight, the Plotzel Podcast. Me, Deary, and Greg. We're talking in Enrico's Inquisition. Uh, do you prefer butter or margarine? Butter. Good call. Margarine's really bad for you. I've discovered that. Like, yes. they make it's it sound like it's healthier, but it's filled with shit. 
Right, I used to think the same way, and then I used to, then I, a couple of nutritionists were like, no, you're better off with butter. So I was like, okay, I might as well go for the taste then. Part of that that fraudulent fad where they said, you know, if you take too much fat in your body, it'll clog your arteries. But it turns out, like, sugar and a lot of other stuff is much worse for you than, than that. That's not exactly how fat works. You don't just swallow right. a piece of fat and it goes right to your artery. Oh, it's stuck there now. No, that's not how it works. There's good fats and bad fats. Most of them are bad for you, but some are better than others. See, that's what the evolution was, dearie, is the good fats and the bad fats being divided. That conversation didn't even exist when you were growing up, Greg, right? No, fat was fat. Right. Especially in the 70s, that was that whole thing, yeah. So I wasn't alive, but I've read things. So uh, I, Like I said, I used to be a teacher. I taught history for five years, mostly high school, a little bit of middle school at the end. Uh, what's worse, high school or middle school? As a teacher? What's more challenging for you? Uh, the middle school is more challenging. Of course it is. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, you, all the hormones. You, as a matter of fact, it's because I teach eighth grade and then I teach junior seniors. So ah. one day, you know, one letter day it's all eighth grade, and then the other letter day it's all juniors and seniors. And the juniors and seniors every year are like, man, you're like cool now. In eighth grade, you were like just. A hard ass. I thought you <laughs> I was like, when you're an eighth grade boy, I have to be a hard ass because if I take one second off, you're gonna jump on top of the lockers or do something stupid. You you don't know what you're gonna end up doing. I have to you have to crack down on them. So yeah, it's 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 funny now because I teach those two different grade levels that that they see the evolution. They're like, oh my god, you're so much different now. I'm like, well, I'm actually the same, but you're different. That's that's the <laughs> you're the same. The difference is they grew, grew pubic hair. <laughs> Too many cooks. That's fucking great, uh, man. The, the eighth grade boys trying to be the you know the big stud in class is just oh, oh and yeah. I'm in the mix with the girl. We really should have junior high should be same gender phys ed, but that's another story for another day. Mm, that's interesting. I found eighth, yeah, middle school is worst. I loathed it. I did it the last two years I taught, and I, I, I dreaded it all day. Like going to, I, when that class would come up, because I taught social studies. So, yeah. oh, see, let me ask you is, did, did you have to do like, you're doing the same lesson five times in a row? Like, if you have five classes? No, because they were all different each day. That's true. Okay. They were different. Well, see, that I like phys ed because even though I'm doing, like, the same lesson, I usually, all of my sections are on different, like, ability levels, behavioral levels. So I never that do helps. the same, I never do the same class twice, even though I'm doing the same damn thing. Yeah. Um, so it just, that's the nice thing about phys ed is I get a little bit of a mental break. I don't have to. You know, I, I don't know if I could have been a teacher where I was doing the same Civil War lesson five times a day. No, 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 no. I, I had at that time I would teach uh, government one hour and I taught U.S. history another hour and then sixth grade history, eighth grade history. So oh, I, it was okay. all you had a whole. It actually makes your job a lot harder because you have to prep for. Yeah, a lot you're of doing all things. those preps. That's even worse. Yeah. But it's still better that way. I agree with you. The monotony would stink a bit. I never had the repetitive, like, here, there's six straight periods and we're blowing them out of the same thing. But I will tell you that teaching, you, know, you get a lot of pats on the back, but you just never... I found it to be a fun job. It really did. I enjoyed myself a lot of it. I had other things that came up in my life, which kind of, you know, you know, I started getting high and addicted to opioids. That'll derail a lot of people's professions. Doesn't matter what profession you're in, but I really enjoyed the work and I did it. It was like fun time. And if they just paid better, I probably would have done that forever. I just, the pay was just, 
pretty oh, bad. That's why I write. Yeah, exactly. You need to supplement your income, dude. Mm-hmm. I get it. Trust me, I get it. But teaching is fun, and uh, you're actually pretty open. I, you know, a lot of teachers are afraid to like just kind of live their life openly. I'm not that there's anything for you to hide, but you know what I mean. There's a yeah. tendency where people are like, "Oh, I don't want to be seen in the wrong light because people could take things a million different ways." And oh yeah, I commend oh, you for just being a real dude. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, kids are like, "Oh, I saw you on YouTube, Mr. Jew," and I'm like, "Oh, here we go." <laughs> hey, kids! Here but we it's are. Hey, about, kids! It's usually oh, about yeah. baseball, so yeah, I don't have to. No way in hell any of your kids make it this far into the episode. No way. <laughs> Yeah, people at my work just started to figure out that I have a podcast and they're starting to watch. It's getting real interesting. <laughs> I remember when you told me that. You're like, yeah, people just keep emailing it. You said somebody emailed it to somebody. Like, hey, check out. Deary's got a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we like hired this new team coordinator that's huge into baseball. And we started talking <laughs> baseball and fantasy. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm on a podcast. And then he just emailed it out to everyone that at work. And I'm like, you fucking asshole. Don't do this. <laughs> As he's watching yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, he right, might dude. be. Hey, Tyler, you're a good guy. I'm glad you, we have you around. There you go. That's right. Nice I, I take responsibility that, for all the bad things here. I do. I say, but that was cool because even last year, students now coming up and asking me fancy questions. So it's like really fun. That's cool. That like, is hey, fun. We should do it. I got A, B, and C. Who should I keep? I mean, that that's to me that that's cool that I get to share some of that with the kids. So it's you know and. and and, and what's really funny is my son never, like, you know, I've been writing for Fantasy Alarm since 2018. I was writing for FanRag, going out of business before that. Oh, yeah, FanRag. Um, and then I got the, the job with The Athletic, and all of a sudden he was impressed. That was, like, the first time I had clout. He was like, oh, The Athletic. Because he knew what it was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was like, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, all oh, encompassing. He's like, oh, my dad writes for The Athletic. It was, it was just it was just fun. Yeah. It's I was like, you know, life. I've been doing all this for all this time to help pay yeah. for your hockey, and now you're finding the <laughs> Yeah, come on, son. He's been doing the same work for years. Just has a different title on it. That's all. But kudos. It's always nice to get your son's admiration, and you deserve it. I, that is bullshit. No, I think it's true. I think there's a lot of passion that goes into what Greg does. And when you can connect with the kids who's fantasy or stuff like that, it makes your job a little easier, too. It does, because you start to have a rapport. But I bet they all play fantasy football way more than they play fantasy baseball. That is correct. And I still, I will help with football, but I'm like, I'm obviously, I mean, I'll just give you everything that I hear or see on Twitter. It's not, uh, <laughs> now, I say that. I've won my league a couple of times, but oh. my team name is Smoke and Mirrors. It's usually by a miracle. <laughs> Deary was, he was like blown away because I tweeted about my draft on the uh, Scott Fishbowl thingy, mm-hmm. which is a huge deal, Deary. Are you familiar with this now? I told you. To look I, I am now just because I follow enough people that are a part of it, but I, I, I actually got pissed. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing drafting a team two months before the season? That was I mean, my call. <laughs> it, it's a lesson that I learned this year with fantasy baseball drafting in February. I'm like, what the hell are we doing when you have guys like Eloy Jimenez that goes down in spring training? And I'm like, yep. you're even crazier doing it in football. But then you gave me the layout of what's going on and, you know, the fishbowl. And I follow a ton of other people that are doing the same thing. But I will not draft a team more than two weeks before the season starts. I will not do it. I play fantasy football. I absolutely hate it but i do it every year and somehow we do okay but uh yeah so i was a little surprised when you're like drafting football teams like, what's going on here mike come on now it's a little early to be doing this we're still in baseball season i definitely threw in for a loop with that one because i used to hate fantasy football and now i'm cool with it again so i'm not <laughs> keeping deary up to date on my situation and status reports i apologize it's also best ball too so it's just draft and whatever happens happens yeah. so you're stuck so, with I mean, the team you right. have 
I'm still pushing best ball football, football to all my friends, and they're like, nope, nope, that's not how we're going to do it. I'm like, dude, come on, get with the times, man. Yeah. What'd you say, Greg? No, I was I was saying the best ball aspect of it, at least, you know, the phrase, if you get a couple of injuries or a guy gets popped, at least hopefully you have somebody that can accrue points. But, yeah. Yeah. But as you're and seeing you're all, all the people, the same team. we're seeing all these people with all these different strategies, and everyone's like, "Well, I had the best idea." But we'll, we'll see how all that plays out. But I know the fishbowl rewards tight ends, right? There's there's extra bonus points for the tight ends. Boy, I didn't even know that. It, it, it seems to be the case because I've seen a yeah. lot of teams I think tight ends out, and I've seen yeah. yeah, I've seen Travis Kelsey first round. I've seen T.J. Hawkinson second round. I've seen a lot oh, of tight ends. Early. Did you see that? We've all been saying his name wrong. Apparently, he they had they had Travis on the thing. He said my last name is Kelsey. Oh, oh he just changes Kelsey. it just like that. No, <laughs> he's like those people have been saying Kelsey, and I just been rolling with it. But he goes, if, if someone asks him, they're like, is it Kelsey or Kels? And he's like, well, actually, it's Kels. Whoopsie Daisy! <laughs> hey, our mistake. Sorry, Mister Kels. Uh, this is not a football show, though. We've already talked way too yes, much football. People are pissed right now. People are so pissed. This is a baseball, fantasy baseball focused show. But a life podcast too. We talk about life, society, baseball. I will tell you real quick, just to clarify that. I am looking for opportunities in the fantasy football world. If you want to hire me, I'm available. And that's a satellite league. It's not an authentic Scott Fishbowl league, apparently, where those are like, there's a big difference. So I don't want to be a, a poser or try to be something I'm not. So it's clear. All right. A couple more. We're done here. Uh, really, I just wanted to ask you. If you had to be a politician for 10 years... And then they would give you a retirement package for the rest of your life. Would you do that? Ten years? Yeah. Well, at this point in my life, no. But ten years ago, yes. Oh, okay. You'd have to do the job for ten years straight. You know, you but couldn't have assets. I got ten more years as a teacher. I can make it to the finish line. Yay! That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. And as we always ask our guests, Greg Jewett here. Follow Greg Jewett. You do it nine on Twitter. For love or money? Love. That is bullshit! Oh, wait, no, I hit the wrong button. <laughs> you played the wrong one. Come on. <laughs> if you saw my bank account, you know it's real. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I bet. There it is. Greg Jewett's in Rico's Inquisition. He has cleared and passed with flying colors. Wonderful job, Greg. I'm Michael Govier at MJ Govier. G-O-V is in Victor. I-E-R. He's C. Deary. 1999. C. Deary is in Dearly Beloved. 1999. Greg Jewett. G. Jewett 9. Numerical 9. On the Palazzo Podcast. Two L's. Two Z's. You talk. Give me two. Now. Talk a little bit more fantasy baseball, and we'll get the hell out of here. It's been a great show. We're having a lot of fun here. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying the ride. Don't forget, Colossal Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Final call on those trophy ideas. We're presented by RotoFanatic.com as well, so you can go to RotoFanatic, check out all of our latest work. We still got the closing remarks from the guy we mentioned earlier, Mr. Dr. Mike Carter. Even though Greg is amazing with bullpens, Mr. Dr. does his own wonderful work independently. Isn't that right, Greg? Absolutely. Love Mike. That- Yes, see? We got it on the record from a bullpen guru. One to another. I love that. He's going to be thrilled. He's going to be so happy to hear you say well, that. I know you said you listen to the show, but, I mean, we've really the, – the bullpen guys, we have a very tight fraternity. We all usually get along very well. You don't see any of this Twitter war bullshit with us. <laughs> the bullpen people. You don't. We support, we retweet, we don't care. Yeah, it's – 
we can get us all on a thing and nobody has to be the big man. That's what I like about us. <laughs> hey, I love it, man. I don't, I'm not a bullpen guru and I don't do that either. So I just want to let you know that you can be anybody you want to be and still be a reasonable, sensible person and not get caught up in some of the nonsense Ugh. that could just, you know, it can really kind of, I don't know, ruin your day sometimes. We don't want that to happen. We want you people to have a good life, right? Yes. Yay! All right. Now it's time for... You grew up on this show. You probably remember this music. It's time to play the most ridiculous and pointless game that is sweeping the nation. That's right. It's time for... Name that runner-up You know what that music's from? I know it's from a game show, and I remember which one. Okay, well, you're right. It is from a game show. Deary, do you remember what we said last week? We learned yes, this last pyramid. week. Pyramid. $25,000 pyramid. No, it's a $100,000 question. What? <laughs> right? The, the $100,000 question? Uh, I, I, think it was, I, think I didn't was watch that. I did I watch the pyramid. <laughs> Shit. Uh, the one, yeah, the $100,000 Pyramid. Oh Christ! Whatever. You're what? right. You you got the number. You got the monetary right. And I was wrong. So it's a hundred one hundred thousand dollar pyramid. Okay, the pyramid. Yeah, I remember that. What are you talking about? One hundred thousand dollar question. What is this? Just one question for one hundred thousand dollar questions. The pyramid, man. I said it wrong. You said it wrong. We both got it Dick wrong. Clark, together. Dick Clark was the host. Is this Dick a Clark, Ponzi yes. scheme? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> there you go. I don't know. But I do know we're playing Name That Runner Up Fab Bid. Greg, do you know how the game is played? Uh, you're going to tell me what you've been. I got to guess what the runner up was. Genius. Ooh. Absolute pure genius. Yeah. You cannot fool this oh, guy. Genius, genius, genius. Deary, as always, why don't you lead us off? Show us the way. Okay. I will not met, dude, the last probably three weeks in my TGFBI here, there are not many bids rolling out there. It's maybe three or four a week. In terms of runner-up bids, there's a lot of bids, but not many runner-up bids. So let's oh, start so with... people are giving up. <laughs> people are giving up. Mm-hmm. Uh, as am I probably, I probably am in the last couple of weeks here. Not many bids, not many winners. Uh, but we're going to go with the biggest bid in the past week here. Vidal oh. Bruhan of the Tampa Bay Rays. Big call up here for this team down there in Florida. Winning bid was $67. We're going to throw it out to Greg wow. first. What was the runner-up bid for D- Bidal Bruhan? Winning bid, $67. I was going to say, I, I was surprised the bidding on him in any of the leagues I'm, I was in did not go crazy. I'll say the runner-up was 44 Yeah, that was one of the higher bids. Uh, I'm going to say it was 33 Ooh, Mike. Closest you have ever been. The runner-up fab bid was 35 Not too bad there, Greg. Mike, you're right there, man. Two off. That's probably one of your better bids right there in yes. the history of this game. Good job. Thank you, Deary. Thank you. That means a lot to me. I do appreciate you know, I that. Did, I did misconstrue this. I thought it was my bids, not just any. So that's why mine were so boring. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you could just pull up. I have no five left. <laughs> That makes okay. Yeah, sorry about that. You can anybody in your league, any player, and it could be any league. But actually, I I think that's kind of fun to figure out what Greg's bid was. Yeah, it's fun. If he missed out on it, that could be fun. No beef here. I do believe that was a TGFBI bid, though, right, Deary? That was from TGFBI. Correct. Okay. 
Let's over to my main event league. Big main event. Greg, you ever played in the main event? Not yet. I'm yeah, hoping don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah. Mike, where are you sitting at in the main event right now? You've been climbing? Uh, you know, I, I was hanging tough. I, I got better than where I was. I think I am currently in ninth place. So ninth out of 15, 73 points. The guy who was in first has 126 points. Yeah. 73. You Is think I can make no? that up in the second half, guys? No. In the second half? No. Are you against Phil? I don't believe so. Okay. Unless his name's Clark Olson. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't recognize a lot of these names. This is a uh, online one. I assume Phil did one of the, uh, who maybe he didn't do that. But yeah, Phil's the overall leader right now. Phil Dussault, the legend mm-hmm. himself, right? Yeah. Look right. Oh, oh, uh, uh, I want to shout him out. I've never shouted out Phil in this pod. First time we're doing it right now. There it is. Thank you. Thanks for bringing up Phil. Good call there, Greg. But this is just boring ass fab results from main eventers. They're really just like everybody else. They're not different. So. I mentioned that uh, Zach Gallen was dropped by me, but somebody decided to pick him up immediately for $97. Deary, name that runner-up fab bid. 83. I go Great. quick. I go quick here. 83. Uh, 74. Well, is the closest. 91 was the runner-up bid. That's a tight race. 97 to 91. That that's the story of my DFS life. I was like, I literally had ninety one in my head, and I'm like, nah, I'm gonna go. On. <laughs> I do like my- DFS all the time. I'll have a guy in my lineup all day, and I'm like, nah. Then I get cute with it, and I take him out the old uh, roster bait, and then he hits a home run. I'm like, I'm such a dumbass. Ah. I've even told I've even told Katie multiple times. She's like, will you just stop doing it? I'm like, I, I, I just need to set it and walk away. It's like my mo- it's like my mom people? watching Jeopardy. Wow. <laughs> I knew that answer. Why didn't you say it? <laughs> Shout out to Mary. That's fantastic. What did, what did you have? A few drinks this morning? Uh, huh? I, I think let's you take did. It over to Greg you? now. Greg, it's your turn. Give us your bid. Well, I was trying to look up and see if I got Duran or not, but um <laughs> I, I bid a robust I bid a I bid a robust seven dollars on Garrett Cooper in the league. Like I said, I didn't I, I did this wrong, so that's my bad. That's fine. We can still bid up. We can guess the Garrett Cooper bid. That's an important yeah. bid. They don't have to be big bids. Okay. Well, I want them for seven. Hmm. That was in a 12-team NFBC because I needed a corner infielder. Yeah. I'll say he's, $3. He, he's been steadily the last uh, few weeks here. I'll go $4. Yeah, it was five. Ah! I was going to say five. Mary Deary. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Hold on here. He still got me, though. You got me, Deary. Good job. Let's see. Sorry for the dead air. I, okay. I, I won Jaron Duran in tout. Yeah. Oh, you did it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is what we were waiting for. The big eyes got me excited here. So you can do we can do a real time name that runner up fan bit? Yeah, one second. Let me see if I can this get This is happening in real time, uh, Deary. This is amazing. This is uh, legendary show history here being made with Let's Greg Jewett. I'm trying to find the the bids here. This, the, if I don't know, obviously you've never been in tell, but if you've ever used on Roto, it's very cumbersome to navigate. And reason will prevail. Well, I have never seen a worse website than the one I've encountered with the satellite fishbowl league. This thing is just. Oh, I've seen people. I've seen people complaining about that one too. What's what's it on? 
myfantasyleague.com. Never used it. It's not very intuitive. It seems like it has repetitive tabs, links. It's much more complex than I think it needs to be. But I'm not complaining. I'm happy. Scott Fish, if he ever catches wind of this, he sells me out. uh, Not his fault at all. Okay. How are we doing there, Greg? Well, it it shows it shows me winning him, but it doesn't it doesn't show me Josh no. winning him. <laughs> oh, no, no, Herm winning him. Herm winning him. That's a nah, it doesn't it, it doesn't show me what the other bids were. Oh, that's, that's a bunch of crap! Damn it! I'm right on the transaction page. I'm looking at it. Not, not your many fault. people. Not many people did a lot of bidding. Hmm. The top people are giving up. <gasps> so I. Hey, there's nothing you can so, do. That's okay. Yeah, I I got him and I got Brandon Nimmo because it's a points league. Oh, there you go. Oh, good. Solid. Solid. How much did you? How much was the bid? For, actually, actually, uh, here we go. I got Nimmo oh. for thirty six. Somebody else bid some, but bid on him, but I'd outbid Frank Stample for him. Hey, okay, thirty six. Mm-hmm. I won him for mm. thirty six. I think it's a points league. People would be going for him. I'll say 33. 28. 18. Oh, yeah. Frank. Okay. Frank, you got to up that that's bid, good, Frank. Uh, that's a good and he's a nuts guy. Come on, Frank. Yeah, yeah. come on, Frank. What yeah, are you doing a big, out there? That's, yeah, big pick up there. Leadoff guy is going to get on base. He's healthy now. I talked about it earlier. I think the Mets are going to go off here offensively in the second half. That's a good scoop. Power, Honestly, speed, yeah, gets on base with walks in points sure. league. Yeah, I'm surprised sure. he was available. Well, there's been so many injuries. See, the, the hard thing about tout is you can only have six guys on the bench. So oh, nice. Yeah. Very limited. Yeah. Um, it makes it with guys being available, especially with the amount of injuries we've had this year. Like, you got to give up early on some guys. You, you have to pay attention. Around. Yeah, you have to pay very close attention to who gets dropped. So each week when I do the stuff, I, I try and mine you know, who's coming and going and whatever. Because I've had a few injuries in the outfield. Um, and I finally, the nice thing with that league is, um, you can, if you, if you took a guy in the auction, um, today was the last day you can turn them, you can drop them and they give you 10 times what you paid for him in the auction. So I took advantage of that with Marcelo Zuna. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. That is a fun rule. That's why I've been aggressive on Duran because I get $230 tomorrow back into my fob. That's a quirk. What a quirk that is. Yeah. Very again, cool. I never, I, the other day, Ariel got money back and I'm like, how the hell did Ariel get money back? And then I emailed and I was like, Oh, it's in the constitution. So you have to read all of these little things, but uh, you do. So that's a cool anyways, idea. That is a yeah. great idea. I'm noting that and seeing how I can apply that to some of the leagues that I'm in or run. It was only for guys in the live auction and not, not pickups in season. Only, only guys right. you got at the beginning, but, if they're on the IL and you drop them, you get money back. So if I had dropped Ozuna tomorrow, it only been times five. Yes. That's why I had That's to cash cool. it in ASAP. So, so there was no, uh, no runner well, bid for Duran? Not that I saw. I, okay. I, didn't, I, I saw Frank bid on Conforto, but I didn't. Well, now, again, that news broke at about, what, 630? And our, our thing ran at 8 o'clock. Ah, so okay, me yes. being the nerd that I am, saw it come across Twitter and I got my ass right on there. Saw that he wasn't <laughs> on the place good. So that's what winners do, man. 
I was going to get Luis Arias just because I wanted him for the double header. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Nice. Yep. But See, whatever. That's how you play. That's how it's done. I respect the hell out of that. Um, what time's really flying by? So that'll be it. We played our game. We played name yeah. that runner Fabid. That was fun. Woohoo! Yeah! Yippee! Ha ha! Yay! We hope you love the game. We hope you learned something. Fabids, they change all the time. Waiver wire pickups. However you guys run your leagues, we're not trying to alienate you or leave you out of the conversation. It's, it's the Enrico Flotto Fantasy Baseball Podcast presented by RunOfFanatic.com. It's time for the final segment of this show. We're calling it Bullpen Bingo. That's right. <laughs> we're going to play some Bullpen Bingo here. Basically, I'm just going to throw out a letter, and then we're going to talk about a specific player or bullpen. And Greg is going to lead the charge on this. Greg right. knows everything about every bullpen, so... You should just be prepared. You should naturally be prepared for this, Greg. I'll do my best. It is. It's intense. Uh, Deary, give me a letter. Uh, well, it is bingo. Let's go with B. Ah, B. That's a great call. That ends up being... Oh, crap. Where's my list? Ah! Oh, man. I totally blew this. I have my list here. Hang on. Stand by. Ba 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 Oh, man, I totally... Now, when I roll out B like that, does it have to be a player that starts with B, or it could be a team like the Blue Jays or the Baltimore Orioles? Yeah, (laughs) it was supposed to be a a player, but we could do teams too, yeah. uh, Let's go with the Blue Jays, because the Blue Jays are an interesting topic. They have a guy who I was hoping we'd get to when the letter came up, but we'll see. Tell me about the Blue Jays' bullpen and how you see it for the second half, Greg. Um... They have to. They have to add somebody. So they're going to be getting at least one, if not two, relievers um, in the upcoming trade deadline. I would think you said Alejandro Kirk earlier. I wouldn't be surprised if they floated him out um, to get a top tier reliever. If that's what it's going to take to get him, um, just because they have so much catching depth in their system, uh, a team like Pittsburgh would definitely take him for Richard Rodriguez. Um, and he does have player control pass this year, which will make it more tolerable giving him up. You don't want to give Kirk up to the Cubs for a rental on Kimbrel. Um, so it, I think that's going to really sway things. And 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 Deary mentioned earlier about the Angels being interesting because they hold a big chip in Rizal Iglesias, who's a free agent at the end of the season. If the Angels decide they're going to go for it and keep him, that's fine. But if they come in at the last minute and put him on the trade block, if they wave the white flag, that's going to cause quite a ripple effect in, in, in the, uh, at the trade deadline end. But God, please. Blue Jays adding somebody, they have to, I, I do like Jordan Romano, but he's been scuffling a little bit lately. And I think they prefer Romano in the eighth inning, not the ninth. Oh, really? Okay. What about Mr. Merriweather? People seem to abandon him. There was a, what was that? He had another setback. Right. So that's what I'm saying. People are abandoned him again after this last weekend, hearing about that setback. But we don't know how major that is. I mean, he was still working his way back. Is it really hopeless to pick up Merriweather at this point? It's not hopeless, but you also have to know they will not use him on back-to-back days. They said that They said that before he got hurt. Yeah, so you're point. not going to get – like he's not going to save Friday and Saturday. Which, which is okay, but, yeah, you know, a 15-team league, it's okay, but a 12-team or lower, no. Is there any chance Trevor Richards could take this job somehow? 
No, they need him to do multiple innings. He's been very good since they traded for him, but yeah, he's he's filling the the role of you know a sixth into the seventh. They need it, um, and they sent down Castro, and they are going to be activating, I believe, Anthony K tomorrow. So that will help if they want to put Richards into more of a one inning uh, opportunity. But okay. um, you know what's funny is Tim Mize has been very good since the 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 six twenty one. Um, he's almost like a, a Zach Britton clone. He's, he's, he's doing okay with strikeouts and getting a lot of ground balls. Um, I don't think he's going to factor in the saves, but, um, for those in save plus holds, he's, he's a very underrated asset. Yes, he is indeedy. Well, that was fun. We kind of dug out of that hole. It was a slow start, but a great finish there by Greg Jewett here. Follow Greg G Jewett nine on Twitter, see Deary 1999 and MJ Govier on Twitter. Deary, give me another letter. Let's see how this one goes. Uh, let's go T. T. Okay, that's a good one. I can work with that. The Taylor hot letter Rogers. in Wheel of Fortune. So yeah, oh, it's a great go. letter. Good yeah, name. that's a big money letter in Wheel of Fortune. Taylor Rogers. Taylor Rogers in the Minnesota bullpen. Greg, mm-hmm. can we expect second half value that is greater than anybody else in that pen for saves? And if it's a saves plus hold situation, is he still the best option? Uh, and solds, he's still the best option. That's correct. Um, even though he had that bad implosion right before the all-star break, which I'm sure is still resonating in fantasy owners' minds. Uh, Hansel <laughs> Robles has been a little bit of a mess um, since since the 21st. His walk rate has spiked again. Um, they need, I, I said on the other show, they need to trade him sooner rather than later if they want to get any value from him. Um, I, I'm curious if they will deal Rodgers. I don't think they will but there's a chance they, they could float him out there. Jesus. We don't you know that theory. I mean, that theory? I mean isn't that crazy? They were what, the, that they won't trade him. No, that they were even in that position where they might trade him. It's crazy. I mean, well, I mean, I didn't think the twins were going to be that great this year. I know Mike, you projected them to make the playoffs and I'm not surprised by the letdown that they're having this year. And, you know, he brought up, you know, Mike, you brought up Rogers and Greg brought up Robles I've owned both these guys in saves and holds league off and on. Everybody I've, has. <laughs> I've, floated, I've floated them out there. These are two guys that are 30 years old. I mean, these guys mm-hmm. are not going to be a part of their future. And, you know, you look at the the status of the American League. The American League is not going to be as fun as, as the National League as we get down the stretch here. I truly think there's only two teams that are going, going, that are going to compete for the wild card maybe three if you throw the Yankees in there, but, you know, Greg brought up that Yankees schedule. I mean, maybe the Indians can get some things together. I actually think the Indians bullpen is, is pretty solid what they have at the back end there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Toronto's the team like Toronto's the team that I think makes the most moves. This is a plus 72 run differential team. They're four and a half out of the wild card right now. I think that's the team in the American league that makes those moves right now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the twins, I, I think there's no reason to hold on to a Robles or a Rogers. I think both those guys can be shipped out. Maybe they bring in some young arms because that's what they need right now is they need some arms. No one expect a 39 and 50 team this year in Minnesota. I think that they probably bounce back next year. I think it's very similar to what happened that last year that they had, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Molitor. The very similar to last year, they had Molitor there, where they made the playoffs, and the next year they just fell apart. I think they bounce back next year because they have a lot of talent. I feel like 
Byron Buxton getting hurt did not help them at all, help them at all. Donaldson being out at the start of the season, Maeda being the struggles that they've been through. I think Minnesota ships these guys off, whether it's within the American League or not. I think they need to trade these guys off. And I think both these guys can give you some value. But Greg brings up a great point with Robles. He was firing great for about a good month. In the last two, three weeks, he's kind of started to fall apart. If they get some good outings from him in the next couple of weeks, he's kind of been doing some saving, some holding, you know, eighth, ninth inning guy. I think if he has a good couple of weeks, let's ship him out before that deadline hits because Minnesota doesn't want to get caught in a position where they're stuck with a guy who just is faltering down the stretch and they're not going to get a great return. So I think both these guys are easily tradable for Minnesota. Yeah, Robles' K percentage since June 21st has collapsed. It went from uh, it was 25.4 before then to 13.3 after. Oh, Greg, that's a great point, though. Can you remind uh, the viewers slash listeners slash crew, lots of crew, you have a three foundational kind of platform, right? There's three stats that you kind of start with, I believe. Is that still the case? You mentioned it on Cork Stats, and I found that to be very yeah, interesting. I, I I like K minus BB. Um, I like swinging strike percentage, and I like con- I like not giving up contact. Um, yeah. Guys who can get swinging strikes, guys who don't give up contact, and guys who have a very good strikeout minus walk percentage. That's that's um, I I I use that in the off season when I'm trying to identify guys in bullpens that I might be interested in. It, it's not foolproof, but um, it, it's what? usually if you got a late inning reliever, you want somebody who's not giving up contact, especially hard contact. Uh, you want a guy who's missing bats and you want a guy who's not giving out walks because traffic usually leads to trouble. But Greg, that's simple. That's anything that any fantasy owner can understand. If you're a newbie to the game, those are three very simple stats that you can use to evaluate bullpen. So that's mm-hmm. right on point. And, and, and I, and I pointed that out in my article today, cause it's like, you can look at total strikeouts, but it can be misleading because like I did the last statistical year. So Scott Barlow had 99 strikeouts and Josh Hader had 94. Okay. Over the last 365 days, but Hader threw 17 less innings. So that's why the percentages to me, they, they give you a true representation rather than just a bulk number, but you know, it's easy to search strikeouts as opposed to going to the advanced page and looking at the K minus BB where it's sitting on fan graphs. Well said. Absolutely. Well said there. We're talking about bullpens. It's bullpen bingo with Greg Jewett, myself and Christopher Deary. Deary, give me another letter. Let's go. R. R. (laughs) Alex Reyes, Alex Reyes, a first half that just, (sighs) If you've been paying attention at all to baseball, you can't believe it. You finally got return on investment, a low investment because his ADP was in the 300s. Second half, Greg, is the party over? Because everybody's been pointing to this walks. His walk rate has been sky high all season. Deary's talked about it a few times. He doesn't believe it's going to last. Do you? Well, here's the funny part. Since the since 621, his walk rate's gone from 20.6 to 8.6. He's getting less strikeouts, but he's putting less people on base. Um, I think St. Louis is kind of married to him right now at closer. Uh, if if they fade, I don't know if they would give up Gallegos, but that would be a huge chip if they put him on the market. Um, it, and it is funny because really you go by all the numbers, Gallegos is the better pitcher of the two, but they like having him in the seventh slash eighth inning where they can 
they can lock down a game and put them against the best part of the lineup. It's you know, amazing. It's just amazing. 20 saves. Uh, he hardly blows any saves either. He's been pretty reliable and he hasn't got hurt. That's the other thing. No, on the year of the injury, if somebody had told you 2021 is going to be the year <laughs> of the injury and you know who's not going to get hurt? Alex Reyes. Mind blowing. It, it, it has been strange and it's funny because uh, I joked on that show because Nate Markham is always, he's a Cardinals guy. He's always like, there's no way Reyes is going to hold this job and here we are. <laughs> I think Nate got, yeah, I don't know if it was you or not, Nate, so if I was wrong, correct me, but I remember saying Gallegos could be the closer in the preseason. I drafted him a few times with that in mind, and I think it was him being a local guy. I said, no, that'll never happen. It wasn't that far off, though. I mean, it was. He is one of their better bullpen arms, and he still has He's, he's the best guy. bullpen arm, but they they like him. Better than Reyes, even though Reyes... I mean, Reyes is studly, right? If you go by the numbers, Reyes has saves. If you if you go by the pure numbers like we just quoted, uh, the K minus BB and the other stuff, uh, Gallegos comes out ahead of him. Reyes does have very good stuff, but sometimes he just he gets too cute. Okay. It, he's one of those guys where you wake up in the morning and you see the save and the thing and you enjoy it, but if you watch it in, in real time, <laughs> it's it's a white-knuckle ride. What about yeah. uh, Lars Newtbar? <laughs> No, I just want to say Lars Newtbar. Sorry. He's not a closer or a reliever. He's a hitter. Yeah, that that 89% left on base percentage is absolutely incredible for race. It's 13% above his career rate. But, you know, Greg brought up a great point. Probably the tradable chip for the Cardinals is probably Gallegos. I mean, Reyes is only 26. This guy was a coveted prospect for them that was just injured for years. I think the Cardinals are really getting to a point where they may be out of it. The, these first you know, three, four weeks here, we're going to find out they're in fourth place in the central seven and a half games out of the wild card. This is a team that tends to be within the race, but somehow the Brewers with this ridiculously low batting average just continues to win ball games. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Cubs out in this division, but I pitching, I, dude, I, that Brewers I, pitching I, staff the Brewers has been have legendary. Pitching. They have what yeah. nobody else has. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially in that division. But, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what the Cardinals do here. I, I, I think this is a team long-term that is going to be successful. I mean, they, obviously, they went out and got Arenado. They have some younger guys that have some talent there, the O'Neills and the Carlsons. But they have some older chips that they can, you know, send off. You know, Matt Carpenter is probably going to get traded for a bunch of garbage. Uh, but, yeah, Gallegos is, is someone that you could probably ship yeah, off. They and, could do something for Gallegos. Here, here's yeah, what right. I think. We, we want to see what – st louis does like if they bring up nolan gorman by the weekend then we know they're going they're going to try and do something yeah okay. yeah yeah great yeah. point there he, he hit a he hit a home run today off of a lefty off zach lothar at triple a he's in triple a which means he can mm-hmm. come up without going through protocol if the cardinals are serious about contending then they have to bring him up and they have to do the things necessary to put him in that position if if they don't call up gorman and it's the status quo and I, I can't see them making a run at that division or the playoffs. They have no shot at the wild card. It's division or bust. And as you said, if, if they keep drifting, there's no chance. Yeah, and it feels like every bullpen we're going to talk about here, we're going to talk trade analysis and whether or not they're shipping guys off or holding guys at where, where they're at. But, you know, even talking about those secondary guys like a Gallegos, you look at that crazy bullpen there with the Royals, there could be three guys that they ship off. Well, the Cardinals are minus 40 run differential, and they're going in the wrong direction. I don't think they're that great a team anyways, so it's no. probably time for the— Call 911! Yeah, call 911, Cardinals. 
Good call. All right, Derek, give me another letter. L. L. That's an Most interesting letter. They can do anything. I'm not even like thinking about who it could be related to. I'm just giving you a number that pops in or a letter that pops in my head. It's a perfect letter because that brings up Lou Trevino. Lou Trevino of the Oakland Athletics. Is he the guy for the rest of the season or is there someone else in the Oakland A's bullpen? Because Trevino's ratios have stayed pretty damn solid. He's not striking out as many guys as I would like him to be striking out, but I still think he's the best option of anybody they have in the pen currently, which doesn't include Puck because Puck's been injured and in the minors. And he hasn't been doing well in the minors. Yeah. He's getting older, too. The clock's really ticking. I, I've been so wrong about A.J. Puck. I thought he was going to come up and be a dominant, like, um, great Randy left Johnson? with a wipeout <laughs> slider just getting people out at will, um, like Crochet looked like last year but has not looked like this year. Um, but anyways, so um, Trevino is the man right now. Uh, we really, I mean, obviously they signed Trevor Rosenthal for a reason. So maybe they go into the trade waters, but Oakland's not really a team that we see make splashy moves at the deadline. I could see them bringing back like Soria to be a setup reliever. Um, but I, I don't know that they would go top shelf after a Kimbrel or somebody else. Uh, to, to shore up the ninth inning. I, I think they would address their roster in other ways. Trevino and Deakman are going back and forth. Guy. Uh, they, they brought Deakman into one game because there was left-handers, left-handers coming up. He's not been very good the last couple of weeks. If you look at his numbers isolated, uh, Deakman has a – since uh, since June 21st, Deakman has a 24K percentage, a 20 BB percentage, uh, and a 14.7 swing strike rate. So he's still getting swinging strikes, but that walk percentage has jumped from 11 to 20 since the uh, check my hat stuff. <laughs> that is a red flag. Uh, it was a while there where Deakman was getting the saves, then Trevino got the saves. This yeah. is back earlier in the season, too. So yeah. I'm just wondering if they were going we back and forth, but yeah. it's been mostly Trevino with, an, with a side order of Deakman when there's like, say, Jordan Alvarez coming up in the ninth. Hey, oh, that reminds me. Quick fun fact. I'll throw this at you guys real quick because I think you'll find it of interest. I traded Lou Trevino and Kenta Maeda for Gleyber Torres in my home league the other day. What do you guys think of that? Is this a redraft or keeper? Keeper. Hmm. Maeda and Trevino for Torres, who has three home runs on the season. Three. <laughs> This is Dynasty, like you said. Ten keepers, yeah, so I'll be keeping him now. So you finally gave up on uh, Maeda. I did. He sent me the offer and like, oh, I can get out of Maeda's old ass and go to somebody much younger. Yes, Gleyber sucks right now, but he's still only 24 years old, guys. 24 years old. He has been showing signs of life, so. He has an OBP. Yeah, Yeah, for not making like a a good average or making a lot of hard contact, his OBP is still decent. That's yeah, he's not striking a out a ton. He's getting on base. Like, it's so absurd that this guy only has three home runs. But it, it's just like this weird offseason or season with the Yankees where, like, LeMahieu's been trashed. Like, somehow Stanton is healthy. So, like, that's in a total anom- anomaly as well. And, like, Torres just isn't doing it. Like, I've been sitting Torres on my bench. Like, I, I keep trying to float him out in a trade, but nobody wants him right now. But uh, yeah, it's probably an okay move. Yeah, it's, you got nothing to lose there from the most. I mean, 
if you weren't keeping either one of those guys anyways, why not? Yeah, I mean, is Lou Trevino going to be a top ten closer next year that you're keeping? <laughs> no, no. no I mean, you look at you there. look at this A's bullpen. I mean, you get Trevino, then you get Deekman, Romo, Yuzmero, Petit. These guys are all in their Petit mid, man. even late thirties. So, like, I feel like they might need to make a move for somebody else. Maybe another old guy like an Ian Kennedy or a uh, well, like, like Greg Sori is the perfect like, cut. Yeah, that's yeah. a perfect guy to fit in. Throw in just another old guy. God, I, I'm sure they wish they still had Liam Hendricks over there. <laughs> you don't pay for people in Oakland. That's not something you do. Right. Uh, Deary, give me another uh, letter, please. Uh, let's go with C. Ooh, C. That's a fun one. Class A. Mr. Ooh. Class A of Cleveland. Uh, Karen Chick obviously came in with an ADP is too high season because class a has been very much the guy for a lot of the season but karen checks had a lot of wins and saves uh mm-hmm. it's been kind of a mix and match here and there do you expect the same thing to continue the rest of the season i know you even liked uh nick whitgren early on a lot of people liked whitgren and he really hasn't been a part of this no um i'm happy that they gave class a the chance um and i think both of them will remain valuable. This is one of the, speaking of anomalies, this is one of the rare bullpens that has had two productive relievers at the same time. Right. Um, and, and and actually the weird thing is Claus A's throwing more strikes lately. Now he did give up the home run the other day, but um, he's at his swinging strike percentage and his strike percentage throwing strikes has improved uh, over the last month and a half. So that's something that we want to keep going in the right direction Hopefully uh, they'll they'll get back on track. And remember, the, the Cleveland has 75 games left, so there's still plenty of um, roto goodness to be mined from both of those guys if they're getting a save or two, you know, back and forth, whoever. Um, so I, I did not give up on Clause A in my 14-team head-to-head. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Good call. You know, Krinchek, yes, his ADP was a little too high because I took him in – I think it was at around 125. I took him in the main event at like 140-ish or so. He dropped a little bit, and I was like, oh, I'll just take a chance. But he's still giving That's you six. That's not too bad, yeah. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. god-awful, right? It wasn't like a total disaster. Six wins, nine saves, and he strikes out guys at a, a ridiculous rate with a 250 mm-hmm. ERA. Uh, it's a nice pitcher to have in your squad regardless. Yep. Special game. And they and they play in low-scoring games, so those are going to keep happening. So rest of season, you, you think it doesn't really matter? It's just going to be like a rotation between these two guys? I see them using them both, yes. Okay. But there's no way to really tell, like, oh, I know this guy's probably going to take control. It'll probably just be what it's been all season because it's basically worked for them. I think so, yes. And usually if there's a run around, he prefers Karinchak. So, like, the 10th inning, it's usually it's usually him. Like, oh. in a game. That's why he's getting all those wins. It's true. And Deary will be really happy because supposedly they might get rid of that rule with the next CBA next year. No more ghost runner or leadoff runner, whatever the hell they call it. Let's just I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm actually okay with it. I'm, I'm more frustrated oh. by the seven inning double headers. I want nine innings. Come on now. Let's play real games here. I'm okay with the extra inning thing. It's fine. It's exciting. I just want baseball. I don't want a lockout. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, exactly. Dun, Greg. Dun, dun. Greg, Greg. Where's that? Oh, yeah, we got that one. We're getting a lockout for sure, buddy. I'm sorry, Greg. Party's over, man. You know it. I know it. Deary knows it. Hell, everybody in baseball knows it. Call it a lockout. Call it a strike. Call it whatever you want. But it's going to be fucked. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a tough off season. 
right. Uh, dear, give me another letter. Come on. Actually, right. let me throw this one out to both of you guys, especially Greg. What are the odds if the Yankees completely fall apart here? You talked about the lineup the, or the schedule there they have in the next couple of weeks against the Red Sox. What are the odds that Aroldis Chapman possibly gets shipped out? He's under control for one more year. He's about to be 34 here coming up. What are the odds that he maybe gets shipped out somewhere in the National League, maybe the Phillies? Um, I think the Yankees would entertain it. I don't know if another I don't know if another team would take that contract. Yeah. Yeah. Really? He was so good though. I and mean, it wasn't like he was he's had a bad run. He was, he was great the first two months. Yeah. I broke it down in one of the coffee and closers. It was the first 18 games, he was lights out. Then the next 14 was not so good. And then the the game where um they 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 made him walk Carlos Santana, his his confidence just evaporated. Yeah. Uh, you could just see the body language. Like you remember the beginning of the year, all of the pitching ninja things that be strike three after 103 miles an hour. And he was standing up strutting his stuff. Now he gives up the home run to Alonzo and he's holding his head. I mean, this, yeah, is doesn't somebody, exist anymore. this is somebody that's lost right now. He has no confidence and he doesn't think his manager believes in him. I mean, if you're a closer, mm-hmm. you need to have confidence and you need to know that your manager is behind you. And he has neither of those things. I mean, you saw Garrett Cole wanted him nowhere near that game. He was like, you're not effing taking me out of here for Chapman. Do you think the deciding factor here is the fact that he's under control for one more year and it's $17 million a year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's going to be a bitter pill for another. I mean, if if he was still pitching lights out, then another team would take him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot. that's a lot of money to, I mean, you know, what's the difference between him and Jose Alvarado right now? If you're the Phillies, uh, I, the Yankees need him to to really get his mojo back, and it's all about throwing strikes. I mean, Brad Hand can get guys out throwing 93 with a with a four seam and a slider. There's no reason Chapman can't follow the same path throwing 98. I mean, he he pitched at 98 miles per hour with success in 2019. This isn't a velocity thing; it's he's not throwing strikes, and so. When he's not throwing strikes, he's predictable. So they're just sitting on fastballs, and his fastball is kind of straight. So if you're not worried about a slider or a splitter, you're just sitting dead red. And then when it comes in, although he hung a slider a little bit to Alonzo, but, you know, he's got to get ahead. He's got to throw elevated strikes at the beginning, get to that top third of the strike zone. I mean, that's how Cole got Alvarez out. He got two strikes at the top of the strike zone, then he went higher and he swung under it. This isn't rocket science. He can throw that same <laughs> speed, um, but he's got to throw strikes. If you're always working from behind, yeah. uh, his strike percentage just evaporated. It's yeah. like almost at 50% right now. We're going to get all in your face and point out your faults. Tell you, Aroldis Chapman is not going anywhere, though, dearie, because they need him. Because Britain, they can't rely on Britain anymore. He's been really injured. All, he's had the hamstring thing. He's had shoulder stuff. So that's the problem. Like the guys that they could rely on elsewhere have also failed them. Even when they abandoned or all this, Greg, too, the yeah. last few games for the break here, the other, the other, what, well, Luke Gay. Well, and the other- yeah. And I mean, Chad Green had the tough outing on Sunday, yeah. but they pitched him two innings on Friday. So yeah. um, usually if you throw a guy two innings, you want to give him two days off. I mean, yeah, that's it's not just, 1975 anymore. Right. That's <laughs> well, that's, remember Mike think- Marshall. He was amazing. I think this is going to be the biggest thing going forward in the second half is 
Work not only it. injuries with starting pitchers, but you're getting to pitch counts with some of these younger guys. And some mm-hmm. of these bullpens are really, really getting stretched out. I mean, mm-hmm. even if with our hometown Tigers, we got two guys, three guys that are on pitch counts here. Oh, and your two bullpen of the veteran, was gassed last weekend. Two of, yes, they had two of the veteran left. pitchers are on the DL, and it's just fourth, fifth inning, bullpen, bullpen, bullpen. And I'm just like, this is why the Tigers are absolutely going to fall apart and struggle to win 70 games because you're going to rely on a bullpen that's not that solid. So this is, if you play fantasy, like this is something you really have to keep in touch with going forward is Mm -hmm. looking at these starting rotations, looking at young guys coming up, looking at guys that are on the DL, looking at guys that are on pitch counts, and where we're at with some of these bullpens because some of these bullpens are really going to be working hard to get some, some inning and get their strikeouts here in the in the second half. It's going to be something that you really, really got to pay attention to. And, and I remember the one game that stood out for me was the game that they let uh, – they had Funkhauser as the opener, but they needed him in the <laughs> seventh inning. Yeah, he was their so seventh he threw, inning. He threw three great innings, yeah. but not when you needed them. So yeah. it was yeah. – Absolutely, Greg. So that stuff's going to be very, very um, – you know, it's going to be hugely important. So obviously my job the last month and a half here is still going to be still going to be important because I got to stay on track of all of these things, but it's okay. Yeah, Greg, you got your work cut off for your last two months here. <laughs> the trade deadline will give me more answers. That, that'll that help. Once yeah. the trade deadline goes and we see the chips fall, I can say, okay, here's A, B, C, and D. Because like today on the closer charts, I went in and I started putting guys at a different color saying they're on the trade block. So that's going to throw a different wrinkle into things, but we have to start, we have to start thinking. All right. Uh, I think everyone's like, Oh, the end of the month, it's okay. It's going to be here quick. Um, yeah. And and to, and to follow up on that note about the Yankees that they get done playing eight out of 10 against the Red Sox, they play three against Tampa Bay. So the that's... only, the only break from that is two games against the Phillies. But if they get, now you got, if they line up with Wheeler and Nola, that's not good either. So you, the Yankees could have a very, very tough stretch here. Um, I don't know who they're going to get with the Phillies yet. They haven't announced their, their rotation yet, but, you know, who your team gets to. I mean, this is going to be – if your team matches up with all the other team's best pitchers, you're, you're, you're going to struggle in this little stretch. No doubt about it, Greg. No doubt about it. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, We could do this forever, but, you know, people have lives, you know. Jesus. I would love to talk more bullpens. But, hey, that's just a reason to have Greg back on the show real soon. Anytime. There it is. We got him on the record, dearie. Uh, you don't have to come back if you want to, Greg. Just tell us off air. It's fine. I love being on shows. This is easy. It is. It's a good time. Talking baseball, meeting people, connecting with Greg Jewett today on the show. I think that's what we've learned today, that through baseball, we can all connect and on a deeper level, maybe find a common ground, some understanding, some serenity, if only for a moment, because really life is just a series of moments anyways. Make sure you seize yours. Get out there and live it up and do so while listening to the Heads Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Utah. Give me two. On Twitter. Sub the YouTube channel. Please sub the YouTube channel. Pretty please tell your friends, spread the word about the show. I know you're going to actually get less and less of you. We're going to have a reduction in our audience because football is invading. Party's over. I know the truth. We all know the truth here. <laughs> All-star break means people start cashing out. Baseball, their teams suck. They're like, well, I don't care about this anymore. So there'll be less excitement, dearie. But we're going to make the best of it, right? 
Yeah, I'm not ready for football. I mean, I, I will do baseball till October. I'll do my football drafts, but I'm ready to dive deep in for the rest of the season for the Plaza Podcast. So I want to thank Greg for coming on. Absolutely awesome. I mean, two hours and ten minutes. This this is pretty close to a record. Uh, you absolutely brought it tonight. I want to thank you so much for being a part of this community and pod tonight. Awesome. I I appreciate the kind words, and and again, I. Anytime. Uh, I've, I've always tried to be accessible and I don't, you know, whatever. It's got to be humble and keep on trucking um, and, and the tout stuff. And, and and what drives me crazy at this time of year is when you start seeing people do less and less activity bidding. This is the time where you can make some hay. So even look even where me you, in my main you, event, look where you can make points in the standings. And that's where you got a hammer. I mean, that's this is it. This is the moving season. So, you know, if you're three points away in stolen bases, then you go overspend on Duran. If you're three points away in saves and you wait till the trade deadline comes down, then you go get the guys that get those spots. Or, you know, you, you drop a, a cheap bid on a guy or two. We, we gave you a couple to think about. Uh, and there'll be plenty more. Um, and I'll include those in the coffee and closers. I always do a Sunday fob uh, sneak preview with stash things. And then, you know, we think the Reds are comfortable. They're going to be activating Michael Lorenzen. He's probably going to fill the TJ Antone role. So there if you're you looking for a guy to get multi-innings and maybe a save or two here or there, I mean, do we really believe in Heath Hembry? I do. No, that, I that, bull, that bullpen's a mess. There's four or five arms there, but I think Lorenzen could – and Lorenzen and Lucas Sims are the two guys that I kind of zero in on when they're healthy to be the best. Sims should be back by the end of the month, but uh, everything, as long as Lorenzen could do back-to-back in AAA, he'll be back probably no later than this weekend. You yeah, we should have mentioned it have been returned to the Mac. That was a great oh, call. That's an obvious oh, choice. Oh, and one more, Nick Anderson. He might be back in August. I mean, Diego Castillo has not run away with that closer role. Putting putting Nick Anderson away in a couple of places for a dollar could get you saves for the last six weeks of the season. All right, we'll see about that, Nick. That's that's a great call now. Now, yeah, a dollar now. Mm-hmm. But yeah. a dollar now or a hundred in August when he gets a save. That's how you win. I couldn't have said it better myself. That's Greg Juet breaking it down for you. Follow him on Twitter, Greg Juet G Juet Nine G Juet Nine Numerical Nine, and of course all of the great work he does with Fantasy Alarm, The Athletic, his own charts. Easiest place to go is Twitter to find you, right? Yes, sir. I, I pin the closer charts every day and the, the link to the coffee and closers is right in my bio. Excellent. Well, as far as me and Deary, we're going to be back on, uh, we have a t- tomorrow. We're doing a Thursday show, dear. I don't know if you'll be here, uh, but nine o'clock again, Thursday, Chris no Robbie. Friday, no, no Friday. Friday. Cause he had, Oh, this Thursday. actually works out perfect. Cause my brother's in town this weekend. Yay. Perfect. Well, I'd help my brother move again on Friday. So I moved it to Thursday. Perfect. So awesome. Thursday night, we'll be back on the air at 9 p.m. Eastern time with Chris Robin, local Detroiter, Detroit beastie himself, a Michigander. So awesome. it's going to be a, a metro Detroit area free-for-all show. We're looking forward to that. Chris loves football, but he also loves baseball just as much. Make sure you follow him. Follow Greg. Follow C. Deary 1999. Follow me at MJ Govier, G-O-V's and Victor I-E-R on Twitter. We are on Instagram, technically, too, and Facebook. So if you like those other places, we are there. But most of the heavy doses are on YouTube and Twitter and occasionally some Instagram, which I'm trying to mix in a little bit more. And lastly, I want to say thank you for uh, all the positive feedback on the Ronald Acuna screaming video. That was very nice. Everybody said a lot of funny things. You got like 20,000 views on that thing. Uh, yeah, you never know what people are going to like. It's very strange. So Amazing. Pretty much encapsulated the moment. Yeah. yeah. What else can you <laughs> 
That's why yeah, I explain why. Yeah, my season's over. I immediately told everybody I'm trading everybody I have, and I've just been getting offers left and right. <laughs> hey, Patrick Ryan, good to see you, brother. Yes, it's over. There's nothing else you can say. There's. I tried to explain it to my mother. She's like, what was that video? I'm like, well, <laughs> the guy got hurt. Your mom on Twitter? No, I put it on Instagram, too. That's the only reason she caught it. Uh, and she's like, what is that video? I'm like, well, guy got hurt for the year. He tore his ACL, and he's a really good player. There's really nothing else you could say, Mom. So I thought it encapsulated the moment quite nicely. She's like, huh. I don't know if she got it or not. <laughs> Anyways, that was a lot of fun. So thanks, everybody. You guys are the best. You guys make it worthwhile. And we'll be back here Thursday night. Make sure you follow Greg. We love Greg. Thank you to Greg. Me and Deirdre will be back here Thursday evening. Until then, of course, Greg. Catch you on the flip side. Yes, sir. He's Edwin Rios, and he has the strongest hands. When a pitch wrong hits his bat, who can say where it will land? With Justin Turner gone, he'll shine like we know he can. When a Rios homer lands, it's across the Rio Grande. Right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. <laughs> And we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, Surprise is on our side. <laughs> Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.